Welcome to the Mostly Pod Out at Night. Mostly, I am Graver, joined by my co-host Salem. Hello. This is episode 32 of our weekly All Things Horror podcast. And, you know, how far does the apple really fall from the tree? We'll be discussing the works of Brandon Cronenberg today, who is the son of, I'd say, the legendary body horror ride director, David Cronenberg. And for all those interested who want to, you know, hear what we discussed about some of his works, we only did four of them last time, but that was episode 18 of our podcast. Make sure to check that out as well. Uh, But how do Brandon's movies compare to his father's? Let's go ahead and discuss that today. And we'll be discussing three movies because there's only three movies of Brandon so far. We have Antiviral, which came out in 2012. Uh, Possessor came out in 2020. And then Infinity Pool, which just came out, what, end? of 2022 beginning of this year uh yeah it was it was not too long ago yeah so we'll do a normal thing our, our recaps first thoughts some of these movies are our first time seeing them you know spoilers ahead for infinity pool for anyone that hasn't seen it uh so go ahead and make sure you watch that before listening to the last part of our podcast here and out of 10 this week we'll be doing number of needles under the skin out of 10 because Let's face it, that seems to be Brandon's kind of M.O. in a lot of these movies. Well, yeah, close-ups and things <laughs> entering flesh, yes. Yeah, and yeah, more real, I'd say more realistic body horror than some of the stuff from the 80s, but, you know, we'll discuss that. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to start off with, we have Antiviral. Um, and honestly, I didn't, I didn't recall seeing anything about this movie when it came out, do you? I uh, no, I don't remember it either. I know I I read about it um cuz I had I had watched Possessor cuz I heard good mm-hmm. things and I watched it and I really liked it. Um so I was like, yo, Brandon Cronenberg or that that's kind of cool. I wonder what else he's done. And I looked and I saw that I'm like, antiviral, interesting. I never heard of it. And so I read a little bit of the plot, but I never actually watched it at that time. So this is the first time I actually watched it, but I did hear of it before. But as far as marketing goes around that time, nothing. Yeah, I don't I didn't know anything about it. Possessor, obviously, Infinity Pool, yes, as well. Uh, but yeah, Antiviral is just kind of flew under the radar for both of us, which is pretty interesting, especially you being a Cronenberg fan. Um, but, you know, we saw that Infinity Pool is coming out, and we go, you know what? But we have a trilogy then. That's good enough for an episode, so that's why we waited for Infinity Pool to come out before discussing, you know, Brandon's works. All right, so Antiviral, I think they said... It's a very near future, I would say. Um, uh, I would, I would also probably go out on a limb and say this is probably an alternate Earth, which Possessor um, is as well. Uh, yeah. I, well, I mean, Possessor could fit into our world a little bit easier than this could, because this is kind of a whole like change in the the like the mythos of celebrity in society. Right, and uh, when we get to the point, I just want to discuss, like, this seems, if watching it in 2023 and how accurate we are obsession with our celebrities and the stuff they're doing in this movie, fairly accurate for today's time, but, you know, 11 years ago was just at the very cusp of what they're talking about in this movie, I'd say. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. the science behind things, let's say. Right, yeah, so I would say, I would say, like, near future in an alternate is what I would say. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, so anyway, I you know, we are man, 
I can't remember his name. He says it all the time too. Sid. Sid Pitch. March. Sid March. March. Sid March. Yeah. Yeah. He. It's so. Uh, for all. Yeah. We introduced to to Sid March. Um, who kind of has a sexual fantasy with flowers and like a, this big celebrity in this world, not in our world, but in this world. Um, and for all's wondering, yes, he does look familiar. He is Banshee in X-Men First Class, and he plays the brother in Jordan Peele's Get Out. So I saw him like, oh, he looks familiar. And I look him up, of course, because you go down the IMDb rabbit hole. You're like, who is that person? Why they look so familiar? Um, And yeah, so we just kind of see him like smoking outside, I'd say, a giant billboard. And, you know, we're introduced to a very, very sterile office in the waiting room and people looking at celebrity magazines and my initial thought was oh they're here to do you know plastic surgery to look more like their favorite celebrities which is a thing unfortunately in our world right now yeah a lot of people are trying to look like angelina jolie or kim kardashian or whoever that weird guy that tried to look like justin bieber did you ever see that guy yeah yeah (laughs) or the cat the cat lady yeah yes um, and immediately you're kind of just, I'd say disdained for, for him. He's very, he seems very much like a slime ball. Well, he's uh, a salesman. <laughs> so it depends on how right, you yeah. feel about salesmen giving sales pitches. Uh, slime ball. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fair. I'm just, that's accurate. <laughs> I'm just saying if you're a salesman, you probably wouldn't think so. Right. Um, but he's kind of just, you know, it, very, very nicely dressed, and he's talking to a patient about getting something from a celebrity. So it's almost like if the celebrity gave it to you, it would be on actually the left side of your mouth. And he just then sticks a needle, you see, like right under inside of the lip, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna hold it there. And then you'll see this in about what he said, like a month ish to a couple of weeks, something like that. And I immediately go, he's getting herpes. <laughs> wow. Herpes simplex one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I go. And his selling point was once we give it to you, you'll have it forever. Right. And don't worry. True. You can't. Can't pass it on either. Right. Which they go more into detail later on in the movie as the, the, the why of everything. Um, <clears throat> And we kind of just realized that. Um, you find out that they are a marketing company that will give you diseases from actual celebrities. So you can feel like you got your favorite celebrity's disease. Like they personally gave it to you. So like part of their sickness is now inside of you. And, you know, obviously, like I said, this herpes and, you know, we see this culture very obsessed with essentially TMZ getting pictures of like, you know, underskirt shots and oh what condition does this celebrity have with our our x-ray cameras and like let's talk about their anuses and stuff like that (laughs) yeah well i mean yeah but i mean getting their sickness again is is a step beyond where we're at um and also the next stage of this which is which is like the next scene here is is one step beyond that i would say but it's stuff we're actually discussing like literally this year (laughs) In, in science. Uh, I'm like, sure I, you could discuss it in science. I'm just saying it would be a long stretch for us 
as yeah. a normal thing for that to happen. Right. I mean, I'm uh, sure there's some freaky people out there that would it would love that to happen. But as far as like a <laughs> business being able to be run on that premise, I don't think I don't think we're there. I don't think we're going to be there for a while. I hope not. <laughs> well, I, I'm not saying we won't be. I mean, again, the the tracks are laid to to go that direction, but who knows yeah. if we will? But again, I don't think it'll be for a while. And again, the near future of that world where they're at—that's why I say alternate Earth because we may get there. But I think if we get there, we'll be further along than this yeah. world would be. I think this world started that's- on that celebrity train earlier. So I right. think it's it's probably about the same timeline as us, only they started on their technology earlier. Because it feels like about a present-day technology level, just if they concentrated on different things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we you know, we see him talking to, you know, some of his coworkers that are engaging in the painful office talk that exists. Yeah. We've experienced this. It's it is quite painful. Um, I think Derek looked very sick. Yeah. Um yeah, he looked very, very sick. Uh and you know, and and it shows what happens at the end of the workday is they get scanned, like, are you taking any pathological viruses with you? No. And they just go, Okay. I'm like, well that that's not much of a Well, uh, again scan. Well, just, okay. <laughs> well, I guess I suppose you can go into the uh a little bit more of the detail of it so it makes more sense is that um one, you get injected with this and, and they have like this clinic has patents on not only certain celebrity sicknesses, but on the sicknesses themselves. Right. Because they kind of recombine them into being a version of the virus that will give you the same sickness that the celebrity had, but it is not transmissible. Right. That because, way you can't give it away for right, free or right. pay, people pay you. It's Correct. copyrighted. Right. Yeah, so that's like yeah. their whole business model is you get the sickness that the celebrity had, but it's only for you. And if somebody else wanted it, they could go to that clinic and get the same sickness. Um, but again, right. they'd have, you'd have to pay for it. And I guess the way that they do that is so like as far as him, if he doesn't try to smuggle out the vial of the sickness to them, um, it doesn't really make sense. Right. To, right. to care if you're actually physically sick or not because even if you are yeah that means you're just stealing a little bit from them and then d- dealing with the sickness at, at home again to them since they own that patent it's not you're not going to transmit it it's still not good right i mean it's right. still like <laughs> they still wouldn't want you to do that <laughs> but as far as searching you when you're leaving the building that makes more sense that way they wouldn't care that much right right um so yeah, the next th- next thing that we're t- talking about then is he goes to a celebrity meat market. Well, and first, what we mean by that? Hold on, there's the one thing that happens first. Is, he get, is that he is that where he injects himself? With well, he wakes new? up. He wakes up in the middle of the night and he's really sick and has a fever and everything. And he like you know sticks that swab into his nose all like, the way into his nose. Yeah, all the way. Yeah. So he's like <laughs> taking a deep sample of that virus and he puts it in a vial and then he puts it in his fridge. And then the next day when he goes to this meat market, he brings that with him to sell. So he's like black market trying to sell these diseases that he's stealing from work. Yes. And his apartment's very sterile and he has nothing but, you know, packaged deli sandwiches and orange juice. That's 
That's his life. Um, yeah, yeah. But the yeah. celebrity meat market is, and this is why I find it interesting. I yell, they discussed this. How was it? It was probably about 10 years ago where you can, you know, take animal cells and then start growing steak out of it. Therefore, no animals were actually killed. But in this world, it's humans and it's celebrity that donate their DNA, but not donate. They sell their DNA and there's their cells to be able then to buy steak of you know, Angelina Jolie, but in this world, like Hannah, whatever her name is, right? Geist. Geist. Hannah Geist. Hannah Geist. Um, I think it's funny because we just had the article saying that you can grow your own cells into a steak. Like that came out this year. And like I said, I know they talked about this probably about 10 years ago, about this time frame of the movie, and they kind of took it to the next progression up in this celebrity infatuated world. And he deals with I don't know if I call him a butcher. Like, uh, he's a, he's, it's a laboratory, really. He's a fixer. Is. He's a fixer. Um, if you, if you know what a fixer is in the criminal world. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's trying to smuggle stuff out from his work to be able to then uncopyright it so he can sell it on the black market. Cause even in this world, there's black market stuff for this shit. Right. Yeah. And the way, the way that they patent their viruses, they have like a special machine mm-hmm. that can like, it, it basically like looks at the DNA of the virus and then it gives it like a face, which is bizarre, but that face is then what is copyrighted. So like the virus itself right. has yeah. like a face and that's what they do. But anyway, the machine that does that is a highly regulated and proprietary machine and he has somehow gotten a black market version of one that he hides in a false closet that he has. Right. And he's, and he's smuggling stuff out and he's taking his own blood to then uncopyright it. He knows how, he knows how to copyright it, but getting it from to the taking off the copyright protection is what he's working on essentially to figure out what's going on here and just to make shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's talking to the fixer slash butcher slash lab grown meat scientist. Hmm. Um, he's like, I can't believe the government doesn't hasn't declared this as cannibalism because that meat, first off, looks disgusting. Well, yeah, it's like <laughs> even when it's fresh, it's gray. It's so, like yeah, it's gross. it's like a slab of pork belly, but gray. <laughs> Yeah, it, it looks like if you like took like yeah, yeah if, if you took like a, a big wad of beef and then boiled it, <laughs> so it's yeah. got that like that <laughs> white gray texture to it, and that's what mm-hmm. it looks like. Right, and we kind of see this guy who puts, you know, cuts it up. He gives them put slabs in some sort of cell formula to help multiply them. Right, so that's how you multiply it. That's how you get more of it. He's also growing. It looks to be organs, human organs, on top yeah, of that. Something else yeah, that he's working on. Yeah, it's something he's growing. Yeah, essentially, he's like growing cells over like some kind of structure mm-hmm. to like try to make it into a shape or something. Right. Yeah. And you know, he's saying that you know how far away from from just growing the celebrities themselves as a whole. Right. Um. So yeah, he's talking about like, you know, I got this, I got this, this just came in for you. He's like, oh, my other guy gave it to me. He's like, we just got this. Oh, he got it first. <laughs> um, right. So, you know, he, 
Yeah, he's doing that. Then after his coworker is arrested, right? So he has the sickness. Right. Well, Derek, the guy that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Der- Derek is the guy that actually, like, when Hannah Geist, the celebrity girl, gets sick, he's the guy that goes and, like, takes the blood sample to bring back to the office to get copyrighted and, and configured. Um, but, yeah, he gets arrested because they find a black market machine, just like Sid has. They right. found a black market machine in his house, so they arrest him, and he's gone to jail. Right. So then, yeah, when he goes back to work, um, yeah, they find out that Hannah is sick again. But since this Derek guy is gone, now he gets to go and take right. the blood from her. Which I would, I would say that he is obsessed with Hannah as well. Mm-hmm. I'd, yeah, yeah, that's that's a fair statement. Um, you know, he goes there and he's like blind, you know, with a sleeping mask on. Um, you know, takes the blood and once he takes it and then he, um, injects himself quickly with some of the blood, you know, before he brings it into his work, you know, I think they said there's two because of the cooler talk to about another company that also does this. And as you said earlier, they have, they have copyrights on diseases, let alone specific celebrities and their diseases as well. So if they like, we have the rights to Hannah and anything Hannah gets while another company wants to get Hannah stuff. She's copyrighted essentially at this point in time by the company that Sid works at. Right. Um, You know, he's trying to go through the council and he's watching it and he's watching all these faces. And then we kind of get like, I'd say the most, like his dad's body horror in that scene where he starts having the pipes come out of him and his mouth with like the grill over it. Like, you know, starts having right. hallucinations and stuff like yeah. that. I'm like, right. I'm like yeah, oh, got, like, okay. Like that is a Cronenberg. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I'm like, I'm like, that is Cronenberg. But then he passes out like rightfully so. I'm like, Oh no, he's, uh, you know, his, his back, his entry to his, his equipment's, open and also there's people knocking at the door um trying to look for him but he's you know he tells his landlord i'm just tired i'm just sick she goes okay and you know they knock the door no answer and they walk away um and then he he wakes up the next morning as well after that and discovers that has debt from whatever she has no one knows what it is but she's dead and he's like oh shit i injected myself with this Right. And yeah, it's yeah, it's like a twofold thing. One, um I'm probably gonna die, right? Yeah, I, I injected yeah. myself with this thing. And two, uh I'm high I'm 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 incubating a gold mine, right? Yes. Because people are going to want this thing. So yeah, he's like walking that tightrope of like, what do I do? Yeah, I am very valuable. <laughs> right, yeah. So he yeah, so he goes to the fixer guy, but he doesn't tell him that he has the sickness, but he is very obviously sick. Oh, very much so. Like, <laughs> right. where, like he's like walking with a cane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he's like very, within very a day, sick. Within like right. a day of, of injecting himself. Yeah. So but, he goes there, his, he yeah, goes his machine, with this. Well, his machine broke. Breaks. Yeah. So he yes. goes to the fixer to get the part of the machine. And then that's when he forwards him to this guy. Yeah. He, you know, he's like, oh, Levine. He is 
my guy, I know him very well. And they go to this back, like a fixer would take you and they go, he sees like hand on the screen, but it's like almost her memory imprinted onto like a closed loop of a, of a teaser of a monitor that you can command her to do things. So almost like, okay, they're working on like taking the consciousness of the celebrities and and putting it into something to be able to tell a celebrity to do whatever you want them to do. Well, yeah, essentially, here, here's what they did. They just took a deep fake of that celebrity and put it on one of those weird Japanese dating porn sims. Yeah. That's essentially, <laughs> that's essentially what they did. Right. Um, but anyway, he, he meets up. He goes, hey, it's $80 to part. I don't have it. It'll take about a week. Oh, by the way, I'll take your sample now. He goes, what? What do you mean? And, like, he... Tries to leave, and this guy, this dude is huge in comparison to him. Like, Sid's scrawny as hell. Yeah, yeah, he's and arguably sick. the scrawniest. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> obviously the scrawniest guy in the whole movie, and he's like walking with a cane because he's so sick. Right. So yeah, um, he gets this shit beat out of him. Yeah, and he gets like that mole remover, like that uh, hole cutter. From his gnarly rash he has on his arm. Yeah, too. yeah, because he has a rash on his arm. They're like, oh, take a sample of that. We might need it. Right. I'm like, I don't know how you tell what's not his freckles, not his rash at mm-hmm. that point. I mean, they took fair. like like 10 vials of blood from him as well. Yeah. Um, and then they just kind of just, you know, drop him off in the middle of the street after he loses consciousness. Uh, he wakes up in the diner, starts ordering just a coffee and then he's approached by two guys who strangely ordered calamari i looked at that diner and go no i would well, never order calamari okay. well, calamari <laughs> is one of those things for me is that when it's done like well it is right. very good and i enjoy it very much when it is done badly i right. i despise it it is disgusting it's one of those things that i will not order <laughs> Simply right. because the chances of it being bad are too high, <laughs> and I don't want to. I don't want to roll well, those dice. Place, I would rather have anything else. Yeah, that place. No, there's no would, way. No, no way in hell that place is good calamari. Well, it's okay. To be fair, it's just a hole in the wall diner place. But like uh, a hole in the wall diner place, you know, <laughs> you don't order calamari <laughs> from a hole in the wall diner place. <laughs> you want to get sick, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you, you go to that place and you order like you know a turkey melt or, or a burger or something you don't get right a greasy spoon yeah yeah, yeah. exactly um you know they, he's approached by two guys and you know i thought maybe it's detectives the first time they tried looking for him because they you know his boss had called him in so another machine was missing from her inventory it's an older model but there's two missing you know we you know Derek took one you know let me know if you hear anything and obviously he said has this other machine right um and then we see that he's being driven somewhere and Hannah's actually alive, barely, but actually alive. Like her, her death was fake because you know they think her agent that this was an assassination attempt. Um, and they and they drug poor Malcolm McDowell into this movie. I heard his voice. I'm like, oh, you poor man, <laughs> you poor man. It's out. I mean, no, I mean, no. I like Cronenberg and I like Mike Malcolm McDowell, but it's such a small part for him. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean. He gets to be, play like the smart guy. I mean, yeah, he doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't get beat up or killed, yeah. so I guess that's a plus. That's that. That's fair. <laughs> it doesn't get so. It doesn't have a mute guy screaming "Die, die!" <laughs> <laughs> fair. <laughs> um, 
But his, her doctor goes, we don't know what the hell this is. Like, we need you to help us figure out what this is. And, you know, we're going to use you to figure out what this is. We're not going to experiment all this crap on her. Um, it's like some mutated disease. And, you know, then he talks to Hannah. Um, she's bleeding from out. She's like, have you started bleeding yet? He goes, what? <laughs> no. Um, but he, you know, he says, he's like, hey, you know, I can help you out. This is just a, I can help you out because I have a sickness. He's like, oh, you're just another, you're just another fan, right? Um, so essentially then they put him in, like, I have something to work out. And put him in a room essentially with, uh, Levine's part of this. The, the rival company, essentially, right? Well, yeah, but that's yeah, that's a, a little bit. That's a little bit later. First, um, because first, uh, you know, they goes there, they tell him like, okay, you got to find out what's going on. This was a you know an engineered virus that was made to kill her. Yeah. Um, the only thing we know about it is that it was based on this other virus, and it's one From of the viruses. Company. Yeah, one of the viruses patented by that company that they yeah. sell as a as a flu. It was an older. Uh, virus that they don't use anymore because I guess there's a better one on the market or something, whatever it is. So he goes yeah. back to his office to do research on it, and he finds out that the last person to take out a oh, sample was Derek. of that was Derek. Was Derek. Yes. And then he goes back to Derek's place that's already been looked over by the cops and everything because they already found that machine. And he goes over everything, and he ends up finding a secret compartment inside of his fridge, which is very similar to the one that he already had. Um, and so he pulls it out and there's yeah. like a, a vial, but it's got like a weird computer chip in it. And so he brings it back to his place because his machine is now fixed and he hooks up this machine to his machine or the, the vial to his machine. And it basically is like an interface to build a, a weaponized virus. So it says like, hello, Derek, you know, like, how would you like yeah. to kill someone uh, today? I mean, it doesn't say that, but essentially that's what you get out of it, right? Like right. this is a virus that you can program to kill someone. So they know that Derek yeah. did it. So he goes back to them and he shows them, here's the thing that I found. This was definitely made to kill them. We know it's this other company. Um, what else can we do? And then, and then the, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So then he gets essentially go there, you know, they discover that, um, you know, they're talking about like the loophole, right? The, the head of the other company goes, well, if we make this disease and we give it to her, it's our disease. You know, we don't patent, we can't copyright her or diseases that she currently has, but our disease, you know, it's a fancy loophole because now it's us. Right. They're just trying to get her as a client while she's dying. Very, very good. Right. Yeah, and um, then they and then they get there and they're like, "Oh yeah, that would have been good if we could have used it, but like she's too far along; she's gonna die before we formulate this thing." But best of luck to you. <laughs> yeah, but best of luck to you. And and Sid is like, you know, well, he doesn't say it, but there, it's a implied yeah. that he also has it, and they really don't give a shit. Like the lady literally says, "Like right. yeah, you injected yourself, so you're not really part of the of, the, of our concern." And he just kind of accepts yeah, it's not. That. Yeah, it's mean, not our. Just, it's not our. It's not our company's fault that you did it. Right. So yeah. we have no responsibility for what you did, what yeah. happens to you. So like, yeah, <laughs> us coming up with a cure is we're good for Hannah because we can make money off of it. But if she's going to die anyway, we don't care about you. You're worth nothing. Right. Um, and, then, and then, yeah, and then that, that's when this whole secondary yeah. thing with Levine happens because they're trying to, like, make their money back anyway. 
Right, because they found out that the you know the public was quote cheated out of her last moments of life, mm-hmm. and now they can videotape Sid's last moments of life to help embrace and have the fans connected to Hannah, so they can understand it. So it's essentially a reality TV show. Um, he just starts getting worse and just starts you know coughing up blood. Well, yeah, he's essentially like chocolate locked, syrup looking blood. Yeah, he's like yeah. locked in a prison cell. And all four walls of the prison cell are giant pictures of Hannah Geist's face. Yeah. And he's just, like, there in a white suit and a white bed with a white floor just, like, puking up blood and dying slowly. Right. And And that Levine guy keeps, like, coming in and saying, so how do you feel? (laughs) Right. And, like, recording all of this, you know, this is is how we're making our money. And he pukes up blood, smears it all over some, like, makes mustaches for Hannah on some of the pictures. (laughs) Right. Um... And just when seemingly, I'd say about dead, it seems like, you know, blood like pulling out of him. Levine comes in and he just, another needle just jammed right into his like gums. Yeah. Yeah. It's like in his gums, but like up. <laughs> like, yeah. Like his nose. It looks like it's extremely painful. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, and he realizes that he he gets out of there. He realizes he's, he's in the rival company. So it's Levine was working. You know, the pirate. He's you know pirate. You know, like black market bootleg movie and stuff like that. But sicknesses. Oh, that he's happens to be at this place. He goes, I have a deal for you that you're not going to want to miss, right? Um, and essentially, then he comes back. He's wearing a dress his suit again and they're he's a technician working at this other company and they have you know here is the afterlife marking that we do for Hannah like you can inject essentially um any disease into her and you can contract it through her you know it's like oh we have technology to do this and it's because of the the fixer the meat market guy who's growing these organs and they kind of show that there's organs inside of like an iron lug lung essentially yeah well i'm pretty sure they use an um, old iron lung for the demonstration just because you can get an old iron lung but yeah it was supposed right. to be futuristic equipment right yeah so even after her death because she's dead you can get new viruses from her any disease you want it can go through her system so it's like she had it and then give it to her and then he kind of you know cuts the arm fake arm open and starts drinking the blood. Uh, And then uh, her face is there in the cell chamber. So he's cured and he's as a new technician at the rival company. Yeah. And she's, yeah. Well, yeah, her, I mean, it's, you can see like half of her face is normal. The other half of it looks like the weird structures that were at the meat market guy's place where like the flesh is growing into new shapes. Right. Yeah. Yep. And the movie. Correct. <laughs> uh, so we'll go into our first thoughts as we always do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my first thought, I, I thought this was going to be, I don't know what I was expecting because this is the first one of, of Brian Cronenberg's movies I've ever seen. I expected it to be more body horror-ish, like more of his, his dad's works. But he he does take it. He's more surgical in it, but still very sexual in a lot of stuff, just like his dad is, too, with with the whole body horror and sex mingling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, this movie, there's not any like 
actual sex. It's more right. like the disease is sharing with celebrities is kind of like a weird stand in for sex right. almost. Yeah. And then like the whole like people eating the, the celebrity steaks is like a weird stand in for it. It's a, yeah, it's kind of bizarre how that works, but yeah. So there's not a whole lot of actual sex, but there is that stuff is really kind of shown to be a stand in for it. Like they have, they get, it looks like they get like the same weird pleasure out of it. Right. And it's, it's more surgical body horror than anything else. Right. I, that's, I think it's a very common theme. In his right. stuff. And it's a common theme in, in, in David's new stuff, too, though, right? Right, yeah. Crimes of the Future was that, but Crimes of the Future is, uh, again, it's it's a lot closer to <laughs> standard David Cronenberg body horror yeah. um, than uh, this one is. This one is more like a sterile, like, you know, surgery type thing on a normal, like, body. Right. right. It's like normal medical things that happen. I mean, obviously... You know, at the end, she's like made into new shapes. And there was like his weird dream in there, like you said earlier, that had, you know, the tubes coming out of him with the weird like vent mouth with the blood coming out. Yeah, it's like yeah. those are definitely callbacks to like the, the, the to his dad's, you know, work. Um, but I think right. his, his I, work I, I yeah, feel like moves he... in its own direction. But it, yeah, but he's got that surgical yes. feel to it. Yes, his is more surgical, which is. I'd say our new body horror and stuff like the weird extremes, obviously we get from, you know, video drums, stuff like that. And I like the fact that he's that, yes, he still has the same interests and writing styles and stuff like that. His dad has, but he has it, his own signature style. I think we see throughout these movies. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, but again, this one, you can see the influence and I, this is his first movie. I mean, that's fair. I mean, you know, yeah. where did he get most of his, you know, ins- inspiration or, or, you know, experience from was, you know, obviously from his dad. So that this has, you know, kind of an homage or or even like a, you know, a scene that's very reminiscent of his dad is not surprising at all. But I no. think I think it goes in his own direction. And I think it I think he did a good job. I, I, I like it. I think it's. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Any other first thoughts on that? I mean, this is your first time watching it, too. The under the radar thing that we somehow missed. Right. Well, again, I uh, as I always do, I spend a whole lot of time thinking about: is this our Earth, <laughs> or is this could this possibly happen in our? Because again, I was like looking at the technology that they have mm-hmm. available with almost everything else, except for I mean, the people stakes and the uh, v- patented viruses, and I look at everything else, and everything else is pretty much akin to to what we have. Um, but you know, we have some pretty advanced technology in in certain areas. Um, but I think, I think that's when I came to the conclusion, like this is an alternate earth that's set in the same present time that we have. It's just that at some point in the past, you know, people became obsessed with celebrities and, you know, as fad celebrity things happen. I mean, yeah, we're discussing the whole meat market thing, how it's parallel to our own world. And, you know, we discussed that you just had to think of this being a alternate world technology wise, stuff like that. But I said, especially with the stuff we're thinking about of growing, you can take your own cells and make steak. That doesn't sound appealing to me. <laughs> I don't know about you. I mean, no, I mean, again, it doesn't sound appealing to me and it does, definitely doesn't look appealing because they had like the whole meat counter, right? Yeah. And it was like all the pieces of meat look like that nasty white gray. Yeah. Yeah. That was disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't want any 
any part of that. But there was people in there like trying to buy like a roast size thing. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. was it was not cool. <laughs> it was gross. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's get into our highlights of this movie. Um, highlights for me, like I said, the guy needs to eat more than just orange juice and a sandwich. He needs. He is a skinny dude. I'm pretty sure he's just a slightly built dude. I don't, I mean, I don't have a, even if he put on poundage, I don't think he would look bigger. No, no, but highlights though. And like I said, for, for, you know, Brandon's first movie. And I think the story was good. And I think it was a great satirical, dark satirical take on our obsession with celebrities. And there are, I'm not saying everyone's like that, but we are obsessed with celebrities, and this does seem like the next logical step in some alternate world. And I like that. That just that, you know, that, you know, his his dad also had satirical takes on the whole, you know, video boob tube stuff. And it's nice that he's continuing that as well. So, yeah, that highlight stuff for me is definitely the story and the idea behind it, because it seemed very Black Mirror-ish before Black Mirror really came out. And I just, you know, I was excited to start watching then the other two of these in the hope that he continues down this trend that his dad kind of trendsetted and that he will be able to continue on his own take of the satirization of our society. And I think it works really well for this movie. Um, what about highlights for you? Um, I, I, I like the, um, just the kind of setup of the movie. I mean, it all, it's almost like a, I said like a near future like noir, you know, with all the kind of twists and turns and, and, you know, uh, double dealings and backstabs and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like, yeah, it really feels like kind of like a weird noir story, but almost like, uh, yeah, like I said, like a a future, like a minimalist future neo noir is, is kind of what I THX 1138 almost. Uh, yeah. Sort of similar. Sure. (laughs) Okay. Any, any other highlights though? I mean, do you think the acting was like, like I said, everything seems shady, and I think everyone did a good part of it. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, there's no, uh, I mean, everybody did a, a great job. I wouldn't say anybody did a phenomenal job, but everybody did a, a, no. a great job. But <laughs> there was no like bad acting in this movie at all. I mean, it was it was pretty solid all around. I thought. I mean, it was decently done. So I mean, yeah, I mean. It seems to be able to hold his own as a director. So yeah, yeah. Um, low points for me. I the I the sun, some of the vagueness of the diseases was a little offsetting, but I think those kind of just idea to be able to insert disease name here type world. Um, and if he was supposed to be a tough guy, I didn't I didn't find that believable because. Like, like he goes against like the bouncer at Levine's place. I'm like, there's no way in hell, even if he was healthy, he was going to do anything to that guy. No, he was just trying to to leave. I mean, at that point, he didn't have much choice, you know. Yeah, because I mean, he was they strong armed him into that. Like he in no way would have because before that point, he thought that he was hiding the fact that he had her disease. Right. right. He didn't. He didn't know that you know the fixer guy had had figured it out that he had it, and that that was the payment for getting the part to his machine. He didn't know that. He thought he was like 
you know, on the, you know, he thought he was like, you know, pulling a fast one on everybody. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to get my machine fixed. I'm going to get this thing marketed. I'm going to be a, a rich man. Right. Right. So that was the point where like he, everybody knew his plans already and then totally turned on him. So yeah, he was doing the only thing that he could, which was just try to leave because at that point he had, you know, lay down and let them do whatever they want or, you know, try to save some dignity and at least attempt to leave. Yeah. And that's, and that's what he did. Do you, do you wish that he got some sort of revenge on the fixer? Um, he probably did. Uh, at some I wish way. they would have shown it though. Well, what, what probably he happened. Vi- he- and yeah. fixers just being a fixer, man. I mean, that's yeah. that's just what the, that's what fixers do. Fixers are always looking for the new game. They're always looking to one up on everybody. That's their essentially what keeps them in the business, right? So if if they find out again, he gave them the chance to be honest with them. Yeah, like he went in there, he was very sick, and he's like, you know, he's like, do you have that sickness? You like, I know you were one of the last people to be with her. You're sick now. Is this a sickness that you have? Because if this is what you have, this is the Holy Grail, and I will pay you Holy Grail prices. So, like, he yeah. was very open and honest, like, saying, hey, you give this to me, I will give you a lot of money. But, no, Sid decided to play it on his own. And at that point, you know, again, you know, honor among thieves kind of thing. Business is business. Yeah, business <laughs> is business. If you're going to straight up lie and say, no, like, this is my own thing, but then you're still going to ask him for your help anyway. Yeah. I mean, it, again, he's he's playing against the criminal rules by, you know, trying to s- screw over everybody. Well, I mean, what was he going to give that guy for payment? I have no idea. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Again, like, what did he think was going to happen? I mean, obviously he was sick and probably not thinking straight, but like, what did, what did, what did you think was going to happen in that room? Yeah. Oh. So yeah, now the fixer was just being his fixer. I mean, he didn't, the fixer didn't beat him up. The fixer didn't attack him. The fixer's just a businessman. Yeah. And at the end he went towards him, you know, and said like, Hey, you know, we have this opportunity. I came up with this idea. They probably gave him some kind of fee. But again, did the fixer get what he thought he deserved? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> you know, because Sid was the guy. He was the idea man. He was the one that sold it to the company. He's getting the major share of that. The fixer is getting a little bit of nothing. Right. right. I mean, he's getting enough to be involved, but he's not getting what he thought he was going to get by stealing the Holy Grail from him. I And concerning he took his technology, what he was doing, you would, I would assume there had been a cut scene somewhere where he got his hands on that to be able to take it from him. I don't think like he took a cor- it. Like a corporate fu to him. <laughs> I don't think that. I don't think they took it. I think they paid him for it. But again, they paid him for it. Again, they're giving him a taste, right? They're like, "Hey, yeah. how much would it be for us to use this technology?" Oh, it'll be a hundred grand. And meanwhile, they make a billion dollars off of it, right? So, like, yeah, you get a little bit right. of money, but you're not getting that cut of what you think you deserve. Yeah. But yeah, That's so he, he would get out, but he would still be doing the small time stuff. He would still be having to sell celebrity steaks on the side because he's, you know, that is not enough money to live on, not enough money to retire <laughs> on. Right. What are your low points then, if any? Um, I mean, low points is just how gross that meat looked. I can't imagine anyone eating that <laughs> because they even had a scene where he cooked it and was eating it and it looked exactly the same. <laughs> I mean, yes. it's like, oh, I've seen like disgusting, like boiled red meat 
that looked just like that. And it was like one of the worst tasting things I've ever had in my life. And the texture was so bad. Well, I mean, that's uh, why ketchup was invented. It was to yeah, cover rancid meat. Oh my God. It's so <laughs> disgusting. So yeah, I just, that, that turned me off. I'm just like, I, you know, I have no doubt that people would probably buy celebrity steaks if it looked like normal meat, but that doesn't yeah. look like normal meat. I don't know. Maybe it was like tofu or something. I don't know what it was, but it looked gross. That it did. I would never walk into the meat market, saw that, and go, uh, "No, no, thanks, I'm good." I know that, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I don't like, uh, like sickness. Like I don't want to ever get sick, so I can't imagine how anyone would like deliberately make themselves sick. But I also don't get the whole celebrity worship thing. So I mean. And maybe yeah. that that ties into that. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people that do this weird, insane stuff to like try to feel closer to their celebrities and stuff. And I don't, right? I don't get it. But I mean, maybe those kind of people would feel this. I don't. I don't know. I'm sure if it existed, people would do it in our world. Yeah, no doubt. That's there would be some people. All right, so let's get into our number of needles under the skin, or you know, through. Faces essentially, <laughs> right? Uh, um, out of 10. Uh, you know, for me, this is a pretty solid first outing, very solid first outing for a new writer and director. Um, like I said, I just wish I knew about this Aussie when it came out, uh, but I mean, overall, it was it was definitely a, a decent watch, so I'm giving it a 7.5 needles on the skin out of 10 how about you yeah you know i was i was actually i was thinking the same exact number i was i was <laughs> gonna give it a 7.5 because it's 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 up there like i would rewatch it but i would i would want to put it just a tad a tad bit above just the rewatch you know like yeah it was it was decent like you know i would i would rewatch it again you know with the smile kind of thing right that's fair that's fair all right well then our next movie is possessor Mm-hmm. Salem, why don't you go ahead and take that one away? Uh, sure. Um, so the movie opens to where a uh, a young girl is uh, going to be a hostess for a restaurant, like a fancy, fancy restaurant. Um, and she's with the other hostesses, um, and they're kind of preparing for work. Um, and so, like, the one just seems kind of sort of distracted, who's obviously, like, the main character. Um. And then they go up the elevator to this fancy, fancy restaurant. Um, as they go in, uh, the one character kind of like hovers by like the buffet table um, by like the steak knives. Uh, and then kind of moves into the restaurant, goes up to, um, you know, like a, a bigger guy, obviously a well-to-do guy. Uh, yeah. And just starts stabbing him. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just stabs him right in the neck at first um and he and he goes down pretty quick and then just she just starts stabbing 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 um a lot there's blood like everywhere i mean she they show her like starting to like slip around in the blood like that's how much blood is there it's a lot oh there's a, a easily easily 25 stabs <laughs> right right <laughs> um you know and then like obviously the guy is dead there's blood everywhere um, so she drops the knife and then she pulls a pistol out of her bag um, yes. and then says, pull me out. And like the kind of like this weird robot voice uh, and then puts right. the gun in her mouth like she's going to pull the trigger. But you can tell there's like some kind of like weird 
like hesitation, like, you know, pulling the gun like out of her mouth and then back in a little bit and then out again. Um, and then the police come in and then like pointing the gun at the police and then the police shoot her and she dies. Well, some also I, we did get a brief thing of her, the, the woman putting like a needle into her head and turning a dial and going through like a range of emotion. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was that. Yeah. So, yeah, she was like, <laughs> as she was turning the dial, she was like smiling and then crying and then. Yeah. Yeah. So was, yeah. With no context other than that. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, that that happened as she was preparing to go up the elevator. Right. Or right before. Anyway. Um. So, yeah. So they said, pull me out. Um. And then. Uh, this woman, uh, like, I want to say she's like borderline albino, or at least they make her look like that in this movie. She is a very, very yeah. white woman. And she has a very, very light blonde hair. Um, like again, just like one notch up from all that albino. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, yeah. So she, uh, gets pulled out of this weird, big, weird, like machine that's around her head. Um, and you know, she's wearing like a hospital gown, um, and they just kind of pull her out. Uh, and then they, you know, it's kind of like a weird, like, oh, are you okay? There was weird surges and stuff. She's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And then we kind of go to her um, being interviewed by uh, her handler, I guess, who's Jennifer Jason Lee, who's fairly famous. <laughs> yeah. Um, And she's asking her a bunch of questions. Like, she opens up this box and there's a bunch of items in it. And she's asking her to, like, you know, does this belong to you? or not you know she's like oh this is my grandpa's pipe oh this is the the butterfly that i mounted oh this other these other things i don't know what they are um really good you know basically just like making sure it's her and no part of her has been lost you know asking a whole bunch of questions about her personal life and who she is blah 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 kind of thing um so basically they decide that she is um you know who she says she is and that she has recovered successfully um, and they say that, you know, she's going to go, um, hang out with her husband. She asks, kind of sort of implies that she needs some time off, um, to where her, her handler replies, like, I thought you were separated from your husband. She's like, oh, I know, but we're still, we still want some time off. And she's like, well, you know, I, okay, you know, you'll get some time off, but there's a big contract coming up. You know, I need you on this big contract. Yeah. And she's like, okay. And so then she goes, um, home i guess it's i guess she doesn't live there but it kind of feels like her home right um but essentially when she's outside she's like you know kind of like retraining herself how to like talk or how to react um to like her husband yeah she's practicing she's practicing what she's saying yeah right yeah it's like practicing how she wants to like react and and act uh with the father and the son basically like implying that you know either she doesn't have emotions or she's somehow suffering some kind of side effects from, from the work. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So she goes in there and they have like an evening. Um, I think they have like a dinner party. Um, there's like weird kind of awkward sex scene <laughs> to where she is just like not really into it. And then she's kind of forces herself to be into it. You know, like she's, it still kind of seems like she's not really all there and she's really trying to be there she's just not really there right um anyway so yeah like the next day um she calls her boss and says yeah i'm ready to go back to work <laughs> like yep. i don't need the time off let's go back to work um so they're like okay so they they bring it in um and basically she's like an, a, an assassin that she gets um her mind imprinted onto another person 
and then she acts through that person kind of like a puppeteer and then ba- and then you know performs whatever assassination or action that they need to do as that person and then um you know they're supposed to like kill yourself uh, and on the, as you get pulled out so that there's no evidence right um so what she what the new plan is is that there is like this uh big CEO guy i guess he's kind of like uh We'll we'll call him like a Zuckerberg type of thing. Uh, let's call him a Jeff Bezos. Okay, yeah, Bezos, yeah, probably better. I was going to say like Zuckerberg <laughs> if he was human enough to have a child, but I guess Bezos makes more sense. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, Bezos if he had a child. So let's say he has a child who is dating kind of uh, a scumbag dude, like yeah, scumbag he's nowhere like, in life. <laughs> well, yeah, like ex drug dealer kind of like you know in and out of jail, in and out of jail scumbag type dude you know so your super rich daughter is dating this kind of scumbag dude and the scumbag dude um is trying to like you know get an in with the family so he says oh yeah sure i'll give you a job and he gives him like the worst job that you can get at his company which so i imagine if you're like facebook and they're like trying to sell you products right so they have to like you know look at your videos or look at your pictures and see the kind of things you're into. So they know to market the correct things at you. So right. his, his job is to essentially watch these videos. And then, you know, and the one day that they show him working, he's looking for blinds and drapes. <laughs> so he's like watching videos, like sometimes porn videos, and he's supposed to focus on the drapes in the pictures. <laughs> yeah. Which is bizarre. Anyway, so she uh, is going to be taking over this guy and they have this narrative that they have built out to where he's going to be like getting back on drugs, slowly um, kind of spiraling down. And then he's going to kill the big CEO guy. And so the big CEO guy is is the contract that they're being paid to to take care of. And then they're using this guy as the tool to do so. Right, so to kill his girlfriend, the CEO's daughter, the CEO played by Sean Bean, mm-hmm. and then the guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, the guy is supposed to kill himself on the way out. Right. right. Um, so, yeah. So she, like, watches them. Um, she's like, you know, they have the house bugged. She's, like, watching them with the camera from across the street. And you can see she's, like, doing the same thing she was doing with her family earlier, like, repeating things in the tone and trying the way that they're set enunciation. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Basically trying to like, you know, become that person or at least act like them because she'll have to act like him for like three days. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So then the whole thing happens, they knock the guy out, they, they bring him in, they, whatever, wipe his brain or, or put up implant in his head. Um. They implant her into his body. And then he goes um into that world and uh, kind of the girlfriend notices there's some, you know, like he's being nice, <laughs> you know, and he yeah. like care, <laughs> he cares about what she's saying. And he's like, she's like, what's wrong with you? So like this guy was probably just an asshole. Like this spiraling thing was probably not out of the question from what it sounds like. Right. <laughs> the guy's kind of a jerk anyway. So he goes to work, you know, he watches the drapes and porn and whatever. <laughs> Um, and then he comes back after a long day. Well, I should say he has an episode at work to where it like he kind of goes out of sync. Um, so she kind of goes out of sync with him to where there's like weird 
visual stuff happening um to where um you know they like show of goo essentially yeah, yeah right yeah so they like they show like the two of them kind of like in this weird like picture at scr- struggle you know for a minute um before she takes back over um yeah. i guess i should have said when they do the jump thing over there's a whole lot of like weird visual stuff like an interesting visual stuff to where they show her like as a, you know like it looks like a, a wax figure of her and then it like melts away and then it and like it gets built up as him right yeah. and then it like reverse melts into him it's it's pretty interesting looking it is um okay so anyway so there um you know he goes to work he comes home um you know you know he said oh i worked a double you know because she was worried because he, he came home really late um <clears throat> and then there's like a whole, a whole bunch of her friends are there um and they're you know he's kind of like trying to be friendly but like they they seem to not particularly like him um <laughs> uh, except for like one of them who is kind of like pretty straightforward but it seems like they know each other and then later on he goes in the bathroom and she like comes in the bathroom with him and goes to the bathroom and goes to the bathroom <laughs> which is something like usually only like couples do i mean i right no thanks but i mean i know the couples <laughs> that do that right I've, I've known of couples that do that but like i mean i'm yes. not i'm not that kind of person but like i know other people are and that's you know they're they're comfortable around their partner enough to just like you know pee in front of them whatever that's hey whatever's your thing is your thing um but it seems like and they're like oh yeah like you know can we be friends again i talked to ava who's the girlfriend and she said it's okay if we're friends again so it kind of seems like she's okay with it right isn't that kind of how it seemed it was i don't know it's kind of thought bizarre. it was very much implied that they they used to do it Oh yeah, yes, the very yeah. <laughs> much so. But again, she talked about yeah, we haven't, you know, connected in a while. But I talked to Ava. She says we can again. Would you like to do that? Right. So it sounds like she was like in on this thing. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. There was a it's kind a- of a situational thing there to where like she maybe knows and maybe doesn't know. Um, but the way that things happened later, maybe she didn't, or maybe she didn't know the extent of it. I don't. I don't. Know. I don't know. There's weird stuff going on. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, so yeah, they end up, uh, you know, he has sex with the girlfriend. So like the, the assassin lady slash guy has sex with the girlfriend and there's like, he has like a weird kind of out of body experience while it's happening to where like, he's imagining him or she's imagining herself as the woman Yep. with her. It's, it's, it's a bizarre back and forth. Like, again, it feels like they're almost like fighting over the the body kind right. of sort of yeah um but anyway but you know in the morning she wakes up and it's her again um you know they have her recalibrate that's what the lady was doing in the beginning to her like you know crying laughing type of thing is i guess that's recalibrating the brain yeah um so anyway so after that is the dinner party the dinner party is where the assassination is supposed to happen <laughs> um so they they go there uh, the uh, Sean Bean is very kind of dickish and dismissive of him, yep. um, you know, and he just kind of walks away. Um, the handler says, like, oh, yeah, you got to make a scene and then get kicked out and then you're going to go back and do it later. That's what our narrative says. So he, like, pretends to get drunk uh, and then kind of attacks him, like saying, oh, you owe me an apology. Um, and he basically gets, like, you know, escorted off the premises and they punch him a few times and then just leave him in the front yard. 
Um, so party winds down. Uh, oh, on the way out the door, he also called his girlfriend a bitch multiple times. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, she's angry, too. So he leaves. He's hanging out, waits for everybody to leave. And then it's Sean Bean and his girlfriend slash daughter. Not his daughter. <laughs> Sean Bean's daughter slash the assassin dude lady's girlfriend. Because she doesn't want to go home. Right. She doesn't want to go home. So they're like sitting at the table, like drinking and, you know, kind of like bitching. Right. And you can see that, like, yep. he really doesn't care about her either. You know, and he's very, very bitter about, I, I guess, the wife had left. Um, and they don't have a good relationship. And again, he's drunk and just bitter about the whole thing. And he basically makes her leave too. Like she's upset. Yeah. You leave like your mom. <laughs> right. Yeah. So she's about to walk out of the room and then he comes in, he puts the gun down. <laughs> right. Um, and then like, I, I don't know, it's just kind of this bizarre thing. Anyway, he beats the shit out of him with a fireplace poker. Or he beats up Sean Bean with this fireplace poker. Right. Um, like smashes his teeth out with the thing. Like, I don't know. It seems like he's trying to get to his spine through his mouth with it. And he um, also gouges his yeah, eye out. Yeah. He literally like pops one of his eyes out of his head. I mean, he does not look good. He's like gurgling on his own blood. Um, you know, typical Sean Bean thing to do. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. So the daughter comes in, sees this happening and attempts to run away. He shoots her in the back a couple times. Um, so she is, you know, he walks out there. She's like kind of crawling along the ground near death. Um, again, there's another weird scene of them kind of going back and forth, kind of like these psychic flashes, you know, going back and forth, like, seems like they're kind of sort of fighting over the body. Right. Yeah. Um, and then it seems like, I don't, I don't know. It's unclear who wins, <laughs> um, but whoever it is shoots her in the head. And she dies. Yep. Um, and then they go back to Sean Bean. It looks like he's dead. He tries to put the gun in his mouth saying, pull me out, just like the lady did earlier. Um, only, you know, there's there's a big, huge fight back and forth. Psychic flash, psychic flash. They don't pull her out. The trigger is not pulled. And uh, he ends up taking a big piece of glass and then stabbing it into the implant in his head. And yeah, then he has control over his body at that right, point. Right. So essentially what happens then is the handler explains that now the person whose body they took over is now back and is the dominant in the body. Right. She's still stuck she's, in the she's body. She's stuck though. there. Right. And there's like, she's like spewing blood out of her mouth. I mean, it's like she is in the, sorry, in the bed. Like her body is like yeah. spewing blood out of its mouth. Like she is not doing well. And the doctor is there saying like, she's already got permanent damage. Like what? is the end game. What are you going to do? And they're like, you know, she needs to stay right. The, the job needs to be complete. Yes. Biggest contract ever. Right. Yeah. Biggest contract ever. The job needs to be complete. We need to do everything we can to try to get her back. And meanwhile, the guy is now in control. So he's like very, very confused as to what's going on. Like he kind of knows what happened, but he doesn't know. Like he knows that he did it, but he doesn't understand that someone else made him do it at this point. So he's like extremely confused. Um, So he's like, you know, kind of wandering the streets covered in blood. He like finds like a Salvation Army and gets a bunch of clothes. Um, There's like these two suited guys that are vaping constantly that are following them. Um, But anyway, so he goes to um, the girl's house, who is the girl that was at the party. Um, The one that, you know, was peeing in the room with them that seemed like they knew each other. He goes to her place. 
Um, and he's like, you know, I need help. Can I stay here? And she's like, no, I'm leaving. Like, I'll be back, you know, and from Chicago in a couple of days, um, you know, that we can reconnect that we were going to reconnect that. And he was like, I killed her. You know, I, I, you know, I, I killed her for us so that we could be together. And she's like very confused. Like, what are you talking about? Right. You know, it's so again, it's a very weird relationship. So I think like maybe that relationship like meant more to him than it did to her. Maybe, maybe that's what was going on. I don't know. But again, obviously his brain is scrambled at this point. So who knows what's the truth. <laughs> um. So she finally relents and says, okay, fine. You can stay here while I'm gone because, you know, he says he needs a place to hide. He's like, okay, fine. You can stay here while I'm gone. Um. But I got to go take a shower because I got to go. And so as she's taking a shower, there's a scene where he walks in there with the gun to where um, the assassin lady, well, Tasia is her name. It's a weird name. I think they call her Tasia Voss is her name. Um, I guess Tass, Tass is what they call her. So we'll say Tass is in charge at this point. Um, And, but they don't actually complete that scene. Then like the door knocks, (laughs) he goes in and answers the door. um, And it's uh, this guy that was there. Like it was like his buddy from work when he was looking at the porn and the drapes. (laughs) Um, and he comes in and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Rita called me over to help. Rita was the the girl's house that he was in. Um, and yeah, she said, you're having some problems. I'm here to help. You know, um, hey, why don't you go make me a drink? And so he turns around and he shoots him in the back of the head with some kind of weird electric gun. <laughs> like a taser. Yeah, it's like head. a right. Yeah, it's like a weird taser electric gun. Anyway, so shoots him and then he wakes up um, and he's essentially like, you know, hooked up again to the all these machines. Um, and it finds out that this guy is like the lifeline. This guy works for the company and he's there to like recalibrate everything. Um, right. So he basically recalibrates. So that Tass is, is back in charge. Um, and he says, okay, you know, she kind of freaks out, you know, obviously nobody's right in this situation now. Um, and so he, he like threatens to kind of shoot the guy, but then, you know, she talks, he talks her down. Um, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm trying to think of, there's a bunch of things that happen there. I'm trying to think of the order that happens. In. Anyway, um, so uh, talks her down and then there's like a weird scene to where she's like strangling the guy or no, the guy comes in the room and strangles her. And right. then when she kind of comes out of it, the guy is back in charge and the dude is dead. Yes. Um, And then as he's looking around the apartment, he finds that Rita is also dead in the shower. Like he, you know, when Tass was in charge, she actually shot her. Uh, so at right. this point, yeah, like, yeah, she's dead. The other guy's dead. They're like, I don't know, you know, what to do at this point. So because they're kind of sort of like merged at this point, um, it seems like the, the dude has some of her memories and knows who her husband and her child is right. and where their house is. So he goes to the house um, and he finds the child out there and kind of sort of, you know, tries to befriend the child. The dad sees this and calls the kid back in the house immediately. Um, seems like he lurks around until nightfall and then goes to the house, kind of pushes his way in and starts threatening the husband, asking, you know, where Tass is. Because at this point, he doesn't fully understand what's 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 happening. Right. And then as they're going back and forth, again, it goes through another internal struggle 
um, to where it's Tass and this guy, you know, kind of fighting back and forth over the body. Um, but then they actually become like two separate beings and then they actually start talking to each other. But the interesting thing was, is like when they're talking, they're both talking at the same time, but like one is saying things. It's kind of interesting anyway. Um, so they're essentially like, you know, you don't, you got to tell me what's going on or else I'm going to kill your husband. And she's just kind of like pushing him to do it as if she like wants that to happen. Yeah. Which is weird <laughs> a weird reaction to have there um and then uh you know so while that's happening the husband kind of you know smacks the gun out of his hand and then they start like wrestling around um so she's kind of like present and watching this but she's not in control of the body so there's nothing she can do um and eventually uh he just like gets like a a cleaver and just like murders the husband like just chops him up a lot <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of blood all <laughs> over the ground there's a lot of chops they like there's a there's a scene where like he, half of his hand gets like chopped off and it's like yep. laying on the ground anyway uh it's a it's a bad death and and he dies yep and then as he, you know he's like sitting on the ground and again they're like trying to sort of fight over the body you know like as the what's gonna happen what's going on you know um, and then that's when the the boy, the child, comes in the room. Well, we didn't know he was there, but anyway, the dude gets just stabbed in the neck with like a steak knife. Yeah. Um, again, it's like a close up <laughs> of the knife going in, blood just spurting out. Um, he turns and shoots, and it's the son, and he just gets shot dead in the center of the chest. Yep. Um, and so like he, the the boy falls down. Uh, they're both staring at each other. And like their blood is just like pooling. It's like a ridiculous amount of blood is like pooling out of both of them. And it like intermingles on the ground. Um, and it kind of pulls back in this like interesting scene anyway. Um, and then the child says, pull me out in that weird kind of robot voice. Yep. Uh, and then they die. And then we go back and we see that um, Jennifer Jason Lee had been jacked in and had been in the boy's brain. So she was the one right. that came in here and stabbed him in the neck and killed him. That was like her contract way of closing it out. Um, and then after that, they're able to pull out um, Taz. And so she comes back more or less whole as, as it seems, because um, after that they go into the interview room and they're going back and forth and she answers all the questions correctly. Um. So even though, yeah, they were saying like, oh, she's got permanent brain damage. She's probably going to be lost, you know, lost cause kind of thing. It seems like she comes out of it, um, not necessarily whole, but at least uh, present, <laughs> you know, at least as present as she can be. But now she's free because now she doesn't have her husband or her child holding her back. So now she can truly focus on her work. Which is, right, because one of the things is, you know, one of the things in the box was a butterfly that she killed as a kid and put on display. Mm -hmm. um, and she always felt sad about it, but this time she feels no guilt for killing it. And, you know, her handler's like, very good. That That's what her handler wanted this entire time. She viewed her family as a hindrance as of being an assassin. Right. Yeah, but I think, yeah, yeah she wanted, she had to choose for herself to get rid of that family. Correct. And that she finally did. Correct. 
And so Chanel, she's going to be the perfect assassin moving forward. Yep. End of movie. <laughs> End of movie. Uh, I know this wasn't your first time seeing it, but what were your uh-huh. first thoughts? I know you watched it. I mean, it only came out a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was great. The first time I saw it. I mean, it was very interesting. I didn't, when I first started watching it, I didn't realize I would have to pay attention. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause there's a, there's a lot of stuff happening. I mean, it's just, it's more of just like interesting stuff going on, but, um, yeah. yeah, if you're, if you're really not paying attention to this movie, you'll miss a lot of stuff. I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch yes. of weird stuff, especially like weird implied stuff. That's not directly said. Um, and it's, yeah, you have to pay attention. So like, I mean, I was doing my normal thing when I watch a movie is I usually have a couple of drinks ahead of time, you know, I'll just kind of settle into it. And this one, I was like, I had to like sit up like, Hmm, like, <laughs> what is happening? You know? So it was, it was interesting enough when that happens. It's very, it's rare when a movie is interesting enough for me to care that much. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it's, it's good. I mean, the way that it's presented is interesting. Um, I mean, it's the kind of weird, I, I guess that's kind of like his signature. Um, from what I would say, like it started in antiviral, um, but in this one, it's more like it's it's got elements of the body horror thing, but it's not like um, abnormal body horror thing. Is that like David Cronenberg is always like about weird bodies, no, or like v- strange, grotesque, yeah, yeah. <laughs> strange things are happening with bodies and multiple bodies merging together, and you know, weird stuff like that is what his stuff is all about. To where like uh, Brandon really seems to like be like uh, yeah there's body horror but it's it's normal bodies there's a lot of like you know knives entering skin and blood <laughs> you know or like you said needles and in, in, under the skin and the first one that happens a lot and there's lots of close ups on it happening right um, so yeah it seems to be it's still kind of sort of in that body horror realm it's just not uh, in the same way but it seems like most of the weird stuff happening the body horror that he's focusing on is like. Uh, psychological you know like yeah, things these happening are, these are close to psycho- psychological right. horror yeah right yeah like the changes are not physical as like david Cronenberg, the changes are physical his changes are more <laughs> mental so like the body looks normal but the changes are mental yeah and i'd say the only thing that body abnormal body horror is like the melding of the faces like where her face was like half droop to the side look like empty yeah. eyes and mouth yeah, yeah. right so i i kind of glossed over a lot of that because if i try to explain what's happening you're gonna it's be like, hard to explain but yeah there's like you know while they're fighting back and forth with the bodies like uh what, what graveyard talk about is is uh there's a scene where like they show her like that wax version of her and right. he like crushes her face and then yeah. pulls the face off and then he puts on her face like a mask yeah. <laughs> and then he like relives moments from the movie up until that point wearing the mask, but also as a man wearing a lady mask. So they show the scene of like you know her having sex with the husband and not being into it. They show that scene of the dude wearing her face, <laughs> you know, and yeah. then there's like I mean there's it's a lot of it's a weird, weird stuff happening. Again, I left a lot of that stuff out because it's weird to explain it, but if you watch Very this, visual. yeah, if you watch this movie, there is a whole lot of weird stuff happening on in the background. So if you're into that kind of stuff, you'll enjoy it. I loved it, but I don't, again, I don't want to like try to over explain it. Cause it's like dream sequence <laughs> stuff. You can't really explain dream sequence stuff to any way that makes sense. Unless, no. unless you have to, I try not to do it unless I have to. I, and the only reason I really brought it up is cause that's really the only 
time of that, but it's also like that's the poster is that face <laughs> correct yeah the weird the droopy eye with the weird wig yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's the scene that's that we just described right oh uh, no this like i said this is your first friend cronenberg movie mm-hmm. i mean i mean you're a big you're a bigger cronenberg fan than i am mm-hmm. you know did you after on the rewatch this cement cronenberg into this style that his dad made like firmly cement him in there. Um, yeah, I don't. Again, it's. I mean, you could tell he followed a similar path to get there, but he's definitely got his yeah. own style. Um, like I said, anywhere you can really see the difference. You know, what I said there's the one scene yeah. that's like it's really heavily David Cronenberg influenced, and in that you know, in that scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as the movie moves along, I feel like he moves further away from his dad and closer to what you know his vision is, and in this movie is just pure him. So we're like, yeah, there's body yeah. horror stuff. But like I said, the body horror is mostly mental, you know, uh, psychological. Yep. Um, but there is still a lot of like blood and stabbing and stuff like that. But like the stabbing is like weirdly personal. Like it, like the way he like zooms in on it and you see like the blood, you know, the knife go in and then out and the blood. And they always like do it in like this weird kind of slow motion and they show it multiple times. It's. Again, it's it's interesting to watch. So yeah, definitely still body horror realm, but definitely his own style. Yes, he doesn't. No one has a cancer gun. <laughs> <laughs> correct, correct. I mean, I I I think this just might be. This is my first thought. Is this is the realm of technology that we have now? Well, you know, it's hard for let's face it, the eighties to really show psychological mind dream sequences as you're describing. So the they are able to project it into body horror as a as a as a state of being of mental change while we can have this weird amalgamation i think of all these sequences in today's world you know in the, in the 2000s that it's at that point where we can do it and as you said nothing's out of the ordinary he's not firing cancer gun there's no tvs they're being whipped there's you know this is stuff like that it's like you're, it's still medical stuff that you would see like on the news or not physically see, but like normal stuff. It's not over the top kills and body work. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so what about highlights for you then for this movie? Um, highlights is again, those weird flash scenes in the middle. They're bizarre. I mean, some of them don't make sense at all, but they're real. Mm-hmm. They're, they always grab your attention when they're happening. You're like, what is going on? You know, like there's, there's like a, a scene um, where like, uh, you know, like the near albino real version of Tass is like, um, you know, having a vision of having sex with the girlfriend with this like big old dong. Right. I mean, this, it's just yeah. bizarre. It's like, what? And, but again, it just flashes off of that pretty fast. Um, and there's a right. lot of weird stuff like that going back and forth. Like they're kind of sort of merging and fighting and doing that kind of stuff. Um, also the, the interesting thing where they showed them like, you know, her melting away and then him like melting back up. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought, I thought those were, I mean, a lot of those scenes were, were really interesting. I really liked seeing all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Highlights for me is you're right. This is a, you have to pay attention. This isn't shut your brain off horror. This is like, psychological horror that you really have to pay attention. Um, and as we discussed, and I'll say it uh, on 
on this recording is I started watching this really late last night. So I fell asleep probably about an hour into the movie. And I woke up this morning and I go, you know what? I don't remember what I thought and what I didn't see. So I had to rewind it uh, and go back to just make sure I caught everything. Um, I think I said, I mean, I think I missed like five minutes somewhere in, in there of that, of that transformation or the, the melding of the minds, if you will. Um, but no, overall, I mean, it's, I, it's something I need to watch again. I don't know why I didn't watch this when it came out. Cause we, I remember us discussing this when it came out. Yeah. Cause I mean, I watched it like <laughs> right when it came out. Cause there was like a, a weird kind of buzz going on around it. Yeah. Um, and it sounded really interesting. And then, you know, I watched it and then I, you know, I also then realized it was Brandon Cronenberg. I'm like, oh, wow. So, I mean, but I, I liked it before I knew it was him, but it's still, I, it would have made me probably more interested to watch it if I knew it was him. But in any case, I, I don't yeah, remember where I heard I it from, but I know that I heard it and I watched it within like, I don't know, a couple weeks that it came out because I believe it came out. I wouldn't think it went like straight to Hulu or something. Yeah. Well, because this was like early yeah, and, so- and pandemic when it came out right like i said i remember it, one of our other things that we do of gaming and stuff like that that you were discussing it. i'm like i don't know i just it slipped my mind it's always on my list to watch it and obviously then this infinity pool came out so it gave me the perfect excuse to go see it or mm-hmm. watch it again um but no i mean highlights yeah the the, the visual effects are great the story very 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 deep and i think they kind of showed you know what? What I like about his style is they just like he has these ambiguity to technology. Like they don't go into like exact details what this is. They just go, okay, we're gonna go hold in this guy's head and put an implant there, and, and then you sync up. They never really explain what that sync is. That the emotional dial that they go through is, and he just kind of leaves it up to your imagination. It just shows it without explaining it. Well, see, and that's, you know, what I've always said is like the, the, the <laughs> sci-fi that, that is always like makes itself timeless is the mm-hmm. kind of stuff they don't fully explain what's happening. Right. You know what I mean? Because the, like you obviously know there's some technology involved and this is the, the end result that you're getting. Um, and they have, yes. you know, interesting things about, you know, oh, calibrate yourself and oh, you only have, you know, like we did the the numbers and you only have a three day time period um of what did they say like um compatibility with this person right so you'll only last three days um after that there's damage and after five days the implant will dissolve so there's a lot of like stuff where you're like what the hell does that mean but you don't have to explain it to you like that's not the point of the movie the point of the movie is like this exists get over it here's the story that involves it right and that's why i like about that doesn't have to go into that full detail and depth of it it doesn't have to. It, any of these, you don't have to. <laughs> right. But I mean, but yeah, it's it's interesting enough to where like, yeah, this exists, but it's not the main focus. We're not focusing yeah. on the science of this thing happening. It just, this exists. It has to exist for the story that just yep. go with it. Oh, yeah. Um, what about low points for you? Um, Low points? I don't know. I mean, there's... <laughs> There's not a whole lot. Maybe the one doctor with the weird German accent. He kind of seemed. He kind of seemed like an asshole, and he also seemed like he couldn't act at the same time. Um, I, I don't. I mean, it was like kind of like ribbing on her. Like, 
I don't know. I didn't understand their their relationship that they had. Like he just seemed like kind of a jerk. But I don't know. Whatever. I I just didn't like that guy, and I I just don't feel like his acting was really. We go. I mean, literally, I think he has like what like four lines in the whole movie. It's not a lot. Yeah. But I just yeah, that guy was off putting when he was around. Oh, I got another highlight. Also, it's a bad ending. We didn't discuss it. It's a bad ending. Oh yeah, we no, love bad endings. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. <laughs> No. Well, again, there's not really anybody to to like root for in this movie. It's all just no. a bunch of bad people. It's like bad things yep. happening to bad people. I think like the only person that's kind of sort of innocent in the whole thing is the girlfriend. I think yeah. that's. I mean, and yeah. she's not really all that innocent either. But like you know, because he's just literally like doing coke <laughs> off of their right like snow trip picture. I mean, yeah. I mean, yep. I, again, they're not per- <laughs> nobody's perfect in this. But I think she's the probably the most innocent out of all of them, or maybe Rita. But even they had like a weird, you know, cheating relationship that she may or may not have known about. I don't, I don't know. It's a lot of bizarre stuff. But again, those are the best ones. The movies that don't tell you everything and just kind of let you imply something's happening, but not telling you what. Right. And that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, my low point is. I, I don't care who it is. No one is allowed to go in and go to the bathroom with me in the bathroom. You wait your damn turn. Yeah. I mean, again, I said, I'm not into that. I know some people that are like, I've seen couples do that. Like I've been at people's houses and they're like, Oh, I have to go to the bathroom. And like, they'll both go in the bathroom and like, you hear not things happening guess. in there and you're like, they're doing bathroom things. What are they doing in there? Yeah, not with I, guess. Well, I mean, <laughs> but it happens. It's weird, but it happens. Some people are cool with it. Some people aren't. I don't know. I'm not. My yeah. bathroom time is alone time. Leave me alone in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it's definitely yeah. Like I said, it, it, for for my marriage, it's one thing. A friend doing it is completely out of the question, right? I mean, yeah, I, again, but there's there's probably more going on there, at least some way. I don't know. Yeah. I just thought they were going to go and, like, make out. But no, it was worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So how many needles on the skin out of 10 do you give this movie? Um, I will give this movie 8.5 needles under the skin out of 10. 8.5, huh? I was actually going to, uh, I think a nine. It, it definitely, it's definitely a rewatch for me, and that's why you know I want to rewatch it again fully. I think I need to watch it with with the wife as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, there's not really body horror. I mean, there's there's people getting no. stabbed and lots of blood, but it's not. I don't. It's not like graphic. I would say. It's not gruesome. Yeah, it's more like uh, <laughs> cinematic. I'll say yes. it like that. It's it's done for the scene. It's done for the art, not necessarily to gross you out. Correct. It's the, yeah. It's, that's yeah. Absolutely accurate. All right. <clears throat> so with this being only a three episode or three movie episode, we are going to go ahead and tag team Infinity Pool. Uh-huh. Um, I have to say, I did watch. We did go see Ant Man, so I watched Ant Man in the middle of Infinity. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I did watch it all at the same time. So you want you want me to, to go with it, and you can jump in when you want. I'll yeah, yeah, right, we can do that. Yes, let's do that. Uh, okay, so we have um, uh, Alexander Skarsgård, um, who is uh, vampire Eric. <laughs> Um, I mean, obviously yes. he's been in a lot of other things, but that was the first thing I ever saw him in. So we'll, that's what I call him. I call him vampire. Anyway. <laughs> um, but he plays a writer um, and a, he's a writer that he wrote a book and it, a, not a lot of people read the book and he's trying to write a second book and is not having any luck. And it's, I think it's been five, six years, six years, six years. since he wrote yeah. his first book and he hasn't even started writing his second book. Um, so he's yep. kind of sort of looking for inspiration. So him and his wife go to this resort in this like fictional country. I was trying um, to figure out where in the world this this island is supposed to be. Uh, my guess is the Mediterranean. I don't I don't know. <laughs> the only cultural thing they really show is Bollywood dancing. But they and, have all their cultural stuff there. The Chinese restaurant where they dressed up. Well, yeah, but the, the Chinese, Chinese restaurant was there for the tourists. That wasn't that wasn't right. for them. I'm just saying the only thing that like they have to show their culture was one they had Bollywood dancing in the regular town, not in the resort. That was in the regular town. Okay. And then the way that their language looks, um, again, it looks like it it maybe is somewhere between Thailand and India. Is what I'm guessing. I, I I heard Russian and Greek. I mean, again, the, the 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 detective guy is probably like family of like some Nazis that escaped there or something because yeah, he definitely had a German <laughs> accent, but the rest yeah. of the people had like a uh, I don't know. Okay, we'll 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 do equal parts: uh, Thailand, India, um, Central America, and Germany. <laughs> That's what, that's what it seemed like. That <laughs> put all those things together, and that's what this fictional world, this what this fictional like island resort was all about. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, they're they're out there. Um, and his wife, his wife is uh rich, I guess. Like his wife, oh, her dad owns the publishing house that published his first book. Right. Um. So she's rich and he's kind of living off of her and they go there for inspiration for him to, to write his second book. Um, and then while they're there, um, they kind of meet this other couple. Um, and the other couple is, um, Mia goth who, I mean, we've seen in several movies now. <laughs> she was in X and Pearl. I like to forget that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so her and her husband, I'll call him teeth because he has, giant teeth i mean it's like you look at his face and you're like wow those teeth are big anyway um so anyway he's he's like four and i think he was like swiss or something but anyway that's her her husband um so they're like they're french sure i think he was like yeah he's swiss or so they met in paris, paris. they met in well yeah. she she's from london and they met in paris and he's from switzerland and they met in paris so i think okay. whatever they're both it doesn't matter yeah. they're foreign ish <laughs> And Mia Goth gets to use her natural accent <laughs> in this one. Which is very off-putting. <laughs> right. Well, because if you the other movies <laughs> I've ever seen her in, she always had an American accent. And I had to look up. I'm like, right. is she English? <laughs> and she was doing an American accent? Or is it the other way around? No, she's English. And she was doing an American accent. So this is her real accent. Yeah. Anyway, so 
um, they yeah they meet up with this other couple and they find out that Mia Goth, um, the wife, is actually a fan of his. So it's like the first like fan he's ever really met of his book. Um, and she's like very yeah. excited to meet him. And they're like, oh, you know, we have to do dinner together. Um, so they go to the the, yeah, the Chinese restaurant that you mentioned earlier. Um, and they, you know, they they have dinner together. They, you know, they go dancing and, and kind of partying afterwards. Um, and it seems like he's just kind of sort of happy to like have a fan or someone that like likes him for him. Right. Oh, right? yeah. He's very he was very off put when she recognized him. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, like he's uncomfortable, but also craving fame at the same time. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. yeah. So like the next day, uh, they invite, um, well, Mia Gath and her and teeth <laughs> invite him <laughs> and his wife to a uh, like a, a beach. Right. And they say, like, but the beach is off the resort. And they're like, oh, we're not supposed to leave the resort. It's supposed to be extremely dangerous, like outside the resort. Like we should not leave. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we come here every year. It's totally safe. You know, we'll just go in this little secret beach that we know of. It'll be fine. Um, and so they kind of agree to it. And they're like, fine. They borrow a car from some person in the resort and they just drive down to this beach. Um, and they're hanging out and drinking and um, cooking sausages on a frying pan on a beach somehow. Um, I don't quite yep. know. I don't know how that was happening, but they were doing it and they, they were they were all having a good time. Um, I almost expected them to get old. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they were like all partying. Uh, they show like, you know, uh, his name is James. Alexander Skarsgård's character's name is James. So James goes to take yes. a leak. And as he's taking a leak, Mia Goth comes up behind him and just gives him like a surprise hand job, which he is like shocked and then like overjoyed <laughs> to, to receive. Um, and then she just like leaves. Like there's no like other real interaction other than that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they go back to the car and they keep drinking and having fun. Uh, but it seems like he was kind of like shocked by that. So he just kind of held back a little bit anyway. Um, so they're all drunk. Um, yeah, the, the, the wives, you know, they're going to lay down in the back seat and, and go to sleep. Um, teeth is going to be in the, in the passenger side, but he's too drunk to drive, even though he drove there. Um, so James is going to drive back. But he seemed drunk. As yeah. He seemed as well. drunk as well. <laughs> teeth definitely seemed more drunk. I mean, that is correct. Yeah. Um, so they jump in this car and they're driving down the road. Um, and as they're driving down the road, he starts having problems with the headlights where they're kind of like blinking on, blinking off, blinking on, blinking off. Um, and this I really, really felt because I had a car that would do that. <laughs> I had, uh, well, I, I, well, you know me, I, for a while I had old cop cars, right? Because yeah. they're, they're cheap and they're interesting. So I had a string of them and one of them um, had a uh, thing called the lighting control module. It was like a box underneath the dash. And because of the cops and they have all the, the the wires about their lights and all and sirens and all that stuff runs through this box. And then when they strip all that stuff out, these control modules like always get messed up. It's like a thing. It's like a thing for a cop cars right. that you have to just replace them because they're they're toast. Well, you know, they're they're probably going to go bad anyway. So I'd be driving down the street and my headlights would just go click and just shut off. Um, and what I had to do is I had to keep a wrench next to me. And when the headlights would shut off, I'd have to take the wrench and smack the box. And it, at, at first, I'd, it was just a tap. I just tap it, bink, they come right back on. And then as time goes on and it keeps happening, you have to keep hitting it harder 
and harder and harder and harder until it got to the point where I would have to pull over on the side of the road and beat the living shit out of this fucking <laughs> box and to get it to finally turn back on. Um, and then it would uh, it eventually got to the point where it would just never turn back on. <laughs> and then you'd have to go get a new one. You could pay someone to like resolder it or you can just go to a junkyard and find one. Uh, sorry for that tangent. But again, I felt I felt this <laughs> scene like I knew I, I like I, I know exactly how that feels. And it sucks. Anyway, while he's <laughs> messing around with this headlight switch, like trying to get this thing to turn back on. Uh, somebody runs into the road and he like hits him hard. Yeah, he does. I mean, he like hits him. He's well, probably I, going I, I like just, sixty. I, yeah, and I, I just gotta say, I interject here. Sorry, at this point, um, the uh, uh, the wife goes, "Oh, I didn't know this was. I know what you did last time. <laughs> right? That's exactly what I was like. Uh oh, here it goes. Like, this is how it starts." Um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, he like, I mean, the windshield is like destroyed. I mean, like, you know, obviously, this is bad news. Um, he gets out of the car and looks, and it the dude is toast. I mean, the legs oh, pointing the wrong way. I mean, again, and it, once he finally walks over, he seems like his head is like caved in, like it is, there's no survival here, it's done. Um, and so Teeth gets out of the car. And is like, oh, well, uh, you know, this is a very, very bad place. You know, we don't want to call the police. He's like, well, we can't just, like, leave him here. We have to call the cops. Like, it was an accident, but, like, we have to tell someone. And and they're like, no, 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 we right. don't want to do yeah. that. We don't want to do that. Mia Goth is like, no, like, as a woman, like, if we get arrested here, we're going to be raped and killed. And, you know, like, you know, the, we're not doing this. She's like, well, we're just going to go back to the resort and we'll sort this out in the morning. Like we have, we have connections here. We'll do it in the morning. Just, you just need to get back to the resort. Yeah. Um, yeah. So teeth gets back behind the wheel and they all drive back to the resort and just leave him there. <laughs> uh, you know, I've obviously uh, James and his wife are both very uncomfortable with this, but mm-hmm. again, Mia Goth and teeth were very, very insistent that they need to just leave. You know, this is not something they want to be caught up in a local police thing about. Um, so yeah. they, they, yeah, they get home, um, and it, they just go like straight to bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're woken up by banging <laughs> at very, very early in the morning. It seems like it's like dawn hours. Uh, and and James opens the door, and it's the police. And the police grab him and his wife and bring them down to this police station. This police station is like very very not cool looking i mean it's very dark very like oppressive i mean it looks it's just the kind of building you do not want to be in like it's bad things happen in this building and that's like that's you know that just by looking at it um so they get you know separated which they're very upset about and then they drag him into a room um to where uh, the, the detective that we alluded to a little earlier comes in with like, yeah, like a German accent, <laughs> very yeah, harsh, yeah. authoritative German accent. Um, and he comes in and he's like, okay, uh, the person that you borrowed the car from uh, is my brother. I would appreciate when I ask you where you got the car from that you say you stole it and you didn't rent it from him. He's like, uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> so he's like, where did you get the, like, did you rent the car from him? And he's like, no, he's like, very good. 
And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, continuing on, uh, you were drunk and you ran over this person, and then you left the scene of the crime. And he's like, uh, you know, he doesn't know if he should say yes that this happened or what's going on. And he's like, your wife already agreed to this. He's like, you know, Teeth and Mia Goth already agreed to this. Like, all you need <laughs> to do is just agree to this, and 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 you know, and move, and we move on. He's like, uh, okay. <laughs> And he's like, okay, so according to our law, because you killed the father, um, uh, honor dictates that the oldest son of that family now gets to kill you. Yep. He's like, oh, uh, well, what? (laughs) And he's like, well, sometimes, you know, he's like, you know, in the case of, uh, you know, where the older son is not available to kill, then the state will have to step in and act as as the older brother so that the justice is given to the family. Um, but yes, that you will be executed. And he's like, uh, he's like, or you can pay this fee and we'll create a double for you. And this double will then be executed in your place. Now, this double will be an exact replica of you and also has to have your memories so that it knows it for was some guilty reason. of it. Well, because there, the law is this. That you have to, they have to know they're guilty of the crimes they're being killed for. That's their law. Okay. If the if they just killed a a mindless you know meat doll, that doesn't satisfy their law because they're very strict and religious people. In order for them to to secure their honor, the person they kill has to know that they are guilty of that crime. That's why they have to have the memories. Okay. Um. Anyway. So he's like, okay, just sign here on this paper. We'll make a double of you. Uh, the oldest son will kill that double, and you're free to go as long as you pay the fee. But you have to watch it. You have to watch yeah, it. Yeah, but you have to watch this happen. You have to be present. Right. And he's like, you know, he's kind of shocked. He just kind of like signs the paper and then is like, okay. <laughs> and so then they just like, you know, they strip him down. They put a weird condom on his head uh, and they make him step into this like room with a goo on the floor um a little bit of goo yeah i I was expecting a lot more goo yeah i was expecting him to like get dunked or something but no he just like steps in it's like ankle deep um and they tell him to hold his hands up and then they close the door and then they like hit him with like i don't know it looks like cia mk ultra mind control or something there's all kinds of like spinning spinning lights and his hands were up the entire time yeah yeah goofy weird stuff is happening anyway and then they cut to um him being like tied to this post wearing like it looks like ceremonial garb with like a big hole in his chest um, because he got to show off the scars well yeah back. i mean because he is he's fucking <laughs> ripped i mean he's fucking shredded i'll give him that he did a good job you know looking good. i mean if i was i'd do the same thing <laughs> oh sure it'd only take me like 10 years to get there but sure um but i mean he's always been shredded i mean he's he was shredded back in true blood um he's always been a fit guy but yeah he's right. like i mean you can definitive abs uh, oh yeah good job alexander skarsgård anyway so uh yeah so he you know he like but like the the double is like you know begging like please don't kill me like screaming for his wife because the wife is there watching this happen yep it's got to be a bizarre experience right um anyway oh, yeah. so yeah he's screaming like help 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 you know m who's the wife's name is like you know come and help me you have to do something and the kid you know the the 13 year old son 
um, walks up and just stabs him a lot. Again, there's a lot of these stabbing <laughs> scenes in his movies. Like, <laughs> Brandon, yeah, Brandon Cronenberg is like weirdly <laughs> obsessed with people being stabbed a lot. Um, so yes. yeah, he gets stabbed a lot. Um, and then as he dies, um, the expectation from Alexander Skarsgård, James, is that he should be like horrified at this, right? I mean, this is like watching but yourself he's die. Yeah. He's not. He smiles. Like this is actually something that he is like into. Into. Right. <laughs> yeah. And he's kind of like, wow, like this is this is interesting. So he goes home. Um, the wife is like packing, like, we need to get out of here immediately. Like this is like this is over. Let's let's go. And so he's like packing up and he's like, oh, no, I can't find my passport. And, and he's like, oh, you know, I don't know what to do. So they're like searching, like, we need to get out of here, like right now. And he's like, I don't know what to do. We'll and, have he to- do he, and he does. He does give get an urn of ashes of his. Dots, yes. Of yes, his he does. yes, he does. And it's, <laughs> take it's home weirdly with him big. <laughs> it's weirdly big. It's huge. Yeah. If you've ever seen an urn of human ashes, it's not nearly as big as it is in this movie. I don't know if they're trying to make a statement or something, but it's large. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so, uh, you know, they kind of like, I guess, settle down. Um, and the wife is like very, very disturbed. And she's like, you know, this is like disgusting. Like how, you know, could you watch that? How could we watch that? Like that's messed up. And how, and how can you not be disturbed by it? She right. noticed it immediately. Yeah, yeah. She knew something was seriously <laughs> fucking wrong. And so he's yeah. kind of like, uh, you know, I don't have a passport, so if you want to leave, you can go ahead and leave. I'll just, I'll figure it out. I'll meet you back at home. Right. So, like, he, you know, like, you could tell he was, like, already starting to, like, plan <laughs> to stay or whatever. Um. So he's like, I'm going to go down to the front desk to see if I can figure out something. And so he goes to the front desk, and instead of asking about a passport, he extends his stay by another week. And charges it to his wife's account. Yep. Um, so he goes back upstairs. Um, the wife knows that he charged this to the account. Um, and just kind of gets upset and then just kind of leaves him to it. Um, and at this point, you know, he's like, you know, he's not really all that upset. Uh, but anyway, so Teeth and Mia Goth invite him to come to this party. Um, and so they go to this party. Uh, and they find out that everyone at this party has had that same thing happen to them. You find out that uh, Teeth was a uh, uh, an architect who was, you know, at a building of another resort on the same island. Um, and he was building an infinity pool that had a glass bottom so that you could, like, see the people inside the pool from underneath. Um, yep. and apparently the bottom fell out and killed two workers underneath it. And so they did the same punishment to him. So where he had to watch himself be killed by the older sons of those workers. Um, and then right. there's other people there. They don't really go into everything that they did. I think the one lady was like sodomy or something, whatever, but they don't really talk about their experience. Guess who was sodomy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're like weirdly like party people, but they remind me of like purge party people, you know, like the party people that are very, very disturbed <laughs> and like willing to do horrible, horrible shit, but doing it in like the, the, the debutante, you know, kind of like rich person carefree way. Yeah. Like it's very weird. Anyway, so they're all getting hammered and they're all having a good time. Um, and they decide that, oh, uh, the guy who runs that resort that originally, you know, convicted me of killing those guys, uh, he just won an award yesterday. 
Um, and, and we don't like that. We, we need to take that award back because I need to, to take my honor back or get my dominance back or something. Um, yeah. So they decide that everybody, well, basically the one guy has connections that can get him a passport, James, a passport. And he says that he'll help them. He'll help him get his passport if he helps them go on this mission to get this medal. Yeah. Uh, so they okay. So they all like drunkenly break into <laughs> this dude's house. Um, and uh, yeah, like they, they capture like this one lady, I think it's like a bodyguard or something. Um, and they break into the dude's room and he's like boning some younger woman. Um, and they yeah. drag him out there and it's like his old man donger is hanging out like the whole scene. And it's very upsetting. This is very reminiscent of a Rob Zombie home invasion type thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, at this point. it's like not pleasant. Like it, it's like, <laughs> yeah. ay, ay, like this is not good. Anyway, so, um, you know, as they're like they're like trying to play a game and like trying to be like again, it's like a rich person horrible version of like strangers at this point, where they're like they have everybody tied <laughs> up, but they're all like drunk and they're raiding his liquor cabinet and continuing to drink. And I mean, it's it's bizarre. <laughs> The old in and out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so like another bodyguard was apparently hiding the whole time. He comes out and they, they start shooting at each other. Um, the lady he was boning gets shot and I'm assuming killed. Uh, teeth get shot in the leg. Uh, I mean, there's a whole lot of blood and bad stuff going on. They all get out of the house um, and they're escaping and they have to go to um, the hospital, I guess, for his leg. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So they they do all that, and then they kind of flash forward to them. Um, they all got arrested. Yep. And they're all in the same room that James was just in when he had to sign the paper about his doubles. Um, so they're all in that room. They all had just signed the paper about the doubles again, and so they're all about to like watch themselves die again. And they're all like kind of you know having a good old time about it. Like they're all fine with it. Like this is going to be a, a great time watching it. Yep. Um, and then the, the detective, the German detective guy comes in with a bunch of other cops and they're like, you know what, we're going to make a point this time, you know, like we're going to, we're going to, you know, I, I feel like this is, this offense is bad enough to where we have to make a point. We can't just let it happen the way it's always happened. And so now, now yep. they're kind of freaking out like, oh no, they're actually going to kill us. So they bring them all down, but there's like, there's like six of them, right? Something like that. Yeah. yeah whatever. So they chain them all to these like posts and uh you know basically gonna all be killed um and then like james kind of like manages to get away from the cop and he like you know is like trying to like fight his way out and and stuff like that and as they you know as he gets his throat slit they all start clapping and you find out that they were those were the doubles that they were following earlier. All the rest of them, the real versions of them, are in their stands watching and laughing and clapping and having a good old time. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, that that happens. They go back and now they're like in like full like party mode. <laughs> um, I think. Well, actually, sorry. I think this is when the wife leaves. Yeah. Yeah, she's gone. Yeah, so then so he comes back like she. This is where she confronts him. Like, yeah, I see you already charged the room for another month, or, or sorry, not another another week uh, under my name. Like, I'm assuming you just want to stay here and have fun. I'm leaving. You know, you know, you know. I'll be at home whenever you want to come back or whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, at this point, they're just kind of like, you know, in like full like 
hedonist mode. <laughs> um, oh, they're like, orgy. yeah, they're like doing like <laughs> these, this weird, like hallucinogenic drug. They're all just like boning each other. I mean, there's these weird flashing scenes of like all this it's bizarre like stuff happening. Six minutes of like hardcore porn. Yeah. It's it like, it goes like, on like for scrambled. a long time. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's like weird colors and everything that's happening and it like turns bad sometimes and then it turns back to good and then it turns bad again and it's it's all over the place. Um and then yeah. so like they show like this other morning where they're like all after this orgy and they're like he's like spitting cherries at like some other guest. They um, all seem naked at this other day. Yeah, they're like all naked. He's like wearing the metal that they stole from the guy the other day. I mean, it's like and freaky masks. Right. Yeah. It's like it's it's a oh yeah. Sorry, they were all wearing freaky masks when they performed the attack. Yeah. Not that they like really the old naked. and out. It's the yeah. old and out. Right. And then they yeah, and then they were wearing the masks during the orgy too. So it's like, yeah, it's 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 uh it's it's bizarre. Yes. <laughs> to um, say the least. yeah so anyway at this point um they're like okay well this uh you know we find out what's happening with your your passport you know because like i talked to my contacts and we should have gotten it by now but we're not getting it we found out that it's the cop that german cop the detective is the one that's stopping you from getting your um passport like you need to take your dominance back you need to show them who the man is that's how it works on this island like you know, they, they have to be dominated before they'll do anything for you. So they, yep. they come up with this elaborate plan to where they're going to kidnap um, the cop and then they're going to, you know, beat him, torture him, whatever they need to do in order to get him to agree to give him the passport and let him leave. Right. So they go on this like, you know, mission. <laughs> um, so where like James waits outside and is the lookout almost gets run over by another police van, but he doesn't do anything. Just else. sold out their boss. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then they, they basically come out with like a hospital bed with a body like covered in a sheet. Um, they throw it in the back of the van and they bring it back to um, the hotel. Um, and at the hotel, you know, the, the guys, you know, the wearing his police uniform with a bag over his head, um, and they convince him that he does a whole bunch of drugs and James gets up and, and like does this weird, bizarre, like, I don't know, a caveman, like dominance dance. I don't know what the hell that was, but drugs. Yeah. He's not a lot of drugs. <laughs> so he's psyching himself up and then he starts like punching and then beating the shit out of this cop. Right. Um, yep. just like kicking him, punching him. I think they even brought out like weapons at some point and they started do, beating the shit out of him and then he like and then he starts pissing on him and, and then, then they all piss yeah and then, <laughs> and then they all start pissing on him and then they're all laughing and screaming and stuff and then james pulls the hood off and it's no, me me a goth me a goth, oh, pulls, Mia goth pulls yeah. the head off, and it's him yep um and he at this point is like what the hell and is he had this? to stop yeah and he's like he's stopped and it like it knocked him sober like what and they're all like, yeah, we thought it would be funny. We thought it would be a funny joke. We paid the cop to make another double of you. And then we without took your it. consent. Right. And then we took it to have a good time. And so at this point, he was like, wow, <laughs> like these are these people are messed up. And so these he are shitty people. <laughs> right. And so he runs away at this point. He goes back to his room. He had the passport the whole time. He hid it because he wanted yep. to stay. Um. So at this point, he grabs the passport. He, you know jumps in the shuttle and tries to go to the airport to leave. He's noping the fuck out. Right. He's like, I need to get out of here. Like, this is not cool anymore. 
Um, yep. So uh, as the bus is driving down the street, um, all the rest of the party people in their two cars pull up next to the car and they're like, come on, James, don't leave. You know, come on back. We, you know, we're just messing with you. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah. he's like, you know, hiding and ducking and, you know, obviously not stopping. And so then they start shooting at the windows. Yep. Um, and so, of course, the bus stops. They pull the cars in front of the bus. And they basically say, like, we're going to start killing people unless you come out. And, the coward James. Yeah, the coward James <laughs> needs to come out and confront us. So they go out there and they basically tell him, like, yeah, you're the sucker that we, you know, forced into doing this and becoming a part of our group. And, like, this was this is the way that we have our vacation is we pick a person to mess with. The least likely not rich person. Right, to, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, you're the person to mess with. And, that, and this vacation, it just happens to be you. You're just a plaything for right, us. Right. <laughs> so you come back and you finish our plaything and we'll let you leave when we're done. Yeah. Um, and so he kind of freaks out and runs. <laughs> um, they shoot a bunch of times and they manage to hit him once in the leg, which slows him down enough. How um, far away is he of them at this point in time? Do you really get hit in the leg? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one, she obviously didn't know how to shoot that gun. Two, it's a handgun, and she's blindly shooting into the trees. And three, the range, there's no way in hell she hit him at that range. It's just not possible. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Yes. Um, So, yeah, so he's then he's running through the woods. He comes into a clearing, which is obviously a farm. Um, Of course, it's the farm of the guy that he ran over. Um, So he sees the the wife and and the child that, you know, killed his double. Um, and as he kind of sees that, he kind of like passes out from blood loss because his whole leg is like covered in blood. Oh, yeah. Um, so he passes out. He has like weird dreams of like the sun coming in and killing him again by choking him and to death. ripping his face. In <laughs> right. Half. Yeah. Yeah. Bizarre dreams. Um, and then he wakes up and he's actually like alive and okay and kind of tended to. Um, and then, but there's nobody around. Um, and then he opens up the front door of the farm and then headlights turn on and they're all there again. The party people yep. are all there uh, basically telling him like, okay, you know, this is the, you know, you have to finish up what we want you to do. Um, you know, you have to kill the dog. And then they bring out the dog yep. and it's his double, <laughs> like with a dog collar and a leash, you know, like but feral. Yeah. Feral, but like a weird feral version of himself. Right. Without um, the memories, yeah. Well, no, it, it's Probably. still that same guy. I think. Oh, uh, okay. I thought it was just. I thought it was just another one that they made feral on purpose. Well, I think because at this point they had him for a couple of days, so they probably like tortured the shit out of him for a couple of days and just made yeah. him fucked up. But he was also like he was also snorting that drug too, so he was in like a weird drug haze of like you know orgy colors, <laughs> and they were like you know psychologically berating it, whatever the hell they were doing. Anyway, he made it into a dog and he said, you have to kill the dog. You have to become the man you were supposed to be. This is how it has to be killed with blood. Right. Yeah. Um, And so he like, they give him a knife and they say, you have to stab him. And he throws the knife and says, no, I'm not going to do it. Um, And the dog attacks him anyway. Um, They fight and he basically beats the dog to death with his bare hands. His the face in the pulp. Yeah, yeah. They literally feel like the <laughs> skull cracking away and like his eyeball falling. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. It's not 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 pleasant. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So he's 
you know, now does that and he kind of like curls into the fetal position. Mia Goth like cradles him like a mother cradles a baby and then like takes the blood from his hand that was the blood from his double he just beat to death, um, rubs it around her nipple and then he suckles <laughs> starts suckling on the nipple <laughs> like a baby. Um, yes, I'm guessing to symbolize his rebirth as a new person. Uh, a bizarre Which way to they, show that. They, they alluded to that exact scene with in that 10 minute porn montage because there's nipples of blood dripping out of it and people sucking on them too. Yeah, but they were also like chewing them off and like pulling weird <laughs> strips of flesh out. Again, I, I try not to describe dream sequences because <laughs> they don't make sense when you talk about them. You have to see them to understand what's going on. Um, but yeah, so again, like symbolizing his rebirth, whatever. Then they cut to, they're all in the uh, shuttle bus going back to um, uh, the airport. Um, and you start and they're to, all normal. Yeah. And you, and you start to see <laughs> that their conversation is now going back towards normal stuff. They're talking about like babysitters and the children going back to school and like, you know, cleaning rearranging up the house, the house. Right, yeah. rearranging the furniture while my husband's at work kind of thing, like going totally back to normal. Um, and you see James in the back of the bus, just like not really getting it. <laughs> like you, you can tell he's no. not really jiving with this new world that he's in. Um, so he, he talks to his wife and he says, oh yeah, I'll be home soon. Um, and then they all go to the airport and he just like sits in the airport until it closes. Like he just doesn't get on the plane. He doesn't do anything. He just waits till it closes and then he leaves and he goes back to the resort and he sits down and it's the rainy season. The, the resort is closed during the rainy season. So he just goes back to the resort, sits in a lawn chair while it starts like pouring like typhoon rain on him. Um, and he yep. just like sits there as if he'd like, that's his new home. Yes. Uh, movie over. Yep. Uh, what were you, what are your first thoughts on this? I want to hear your take first. Um, I mean, it's, it was very interesting. I mean, obviously, um, you think you kind of know what's happening when this double thing happens, right? Because then you're like, yeah. okay, well, that's bizarre. I mean, but they they even allude to it in the movie. Like, one of the guys that was the party people is writing a book about this practice. Because it's yes. apparently the only place in the world that does this. And But he also said that he has a lab that's trying to replicate this well, not necessarily this, you know, for this reason, but replicating this cloning tech that they have back in like a real normal lab and they can't do it. No. So like this is the only place in the world that they have this cloning technology and they're using it to murder people so that rich tourists can go back home after doing horrible things on this island. Yes. Which is. It's how you keep bizarre. tourism alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They um, say that in the right. movie. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. It's like they're doing it for the reason of international tourism. That's period. That's why it exists. Um, yep. But yeah, like you think you kind of know, okay, like uh, I get it, I think. And you know, like, okay, the double thing happens and like he dies and he smiles and then you look and there's like, there's still over an hour of movie left. Yep. <laughs> you're like, okay, what the hell else is going to happen? Like, I would think that would be like 
the twist of it, right? No, that's just the beginning of the twist. And then, like, it starts getting more and more bizarre. And then, like, okay, like, this is the weird twist. No. <laughs> and then it keeps getting more bizarre. And then, okay, this is the twist. No. I mean, now it keeps going. I was like, what is happening? So, yeah, I mean, it really keeps you on your toes. It's really like a weird twisting story that, like, there's no way in hell you could guess what is going on in this movie without watching it. Correct. <laughs> it's just, it's a bizarre story. You have to pay attention. Yeah. You have to pay attention. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, the wife was okay watching this one too, but she's like, oh, I read the recap and the synopsis and all the stuff. I'm like, I haven't read any of that on purpose. Like, I don't want to know. I want to watch it, you know, and, and experience it. Um, yeah, literally, and- this one, sorry, I interrupted you for a second. This one, I went in totally blind. Yeah. To where the only thing <laughs> that I knew about this movie was one, Brandon Cronenberg directing it, and two, uh, Alexander Skarsgård and Mia Goth were in it, and I only knew that because I saw the the picture that's the poster for the movie, and they're both on yes. it. That was the, literally, I went <laughs> yes. in totally, I didn't even watch a trailer, I didn't watch nope. any, I had no idea what this movie was about when I went into it. So it was, it was an interesting experience coming <laughs> from zero into that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, yes, this was definitely more drug induced more sexy time bizarreness and it body horror still relatively called normal but not the weirdness yeah i mean, I mean yeah he rips he rips open the the oldest son's face and he gets like ripped in half but it's very bright and vibrant and colorful and more dream sequences so he went more mental in this as well right especially with the whole you know the herbal natural drugs that like tree root or whatever it was yeah which are supposed to be like the worst trips ever <laughs> yeah note that i mean i'm not down with that but <laughs> hey you're down the ground right. have fun buddy yeah i mean i i, I definitely think cause we will you know all three of these in a row essentially is a, he's he's staying true to a brand he has a brand oh yeah no you can definitely see <laughs> what his vision is and it's it's i mean bizarre yes but i mean his dad is bizarre too just in a different way oh yeah um but yeah I, I mean, yep, they definitely right. both have unique visions and they definitely both have unique stories to tell again is there similarities did they walk the same path a certain distance yeah but yeah. there's definitely it definitely branches off but it's again related but different yeah uh so what about highlights for you though? Um, I mean, highlights, I mean, there's, there's a, a lot of interesting things happening in this movie of, uh, there's a lot of uh, fun stuff. I mean, I'm trying to think of exactly, <laughs> I don't, I don't even know. I mean, it, the nudity gets old after a while. And like, it happens so often that you also like, yeah, whatever. Like, oh, Mia got naked again. I think she's contractually obligated to be naked and everything. Just like Eva Green is contractually obligated well, to be naked. Eva Green, <laughs> to her credit, is French, and she is totally fine with it. That's yeah. why they do it. It's because she's okay with it, and it's very rare for a like a major actress to be totally fine with it. So, like, right. Know. Anyway, most other like actresses are like, uh, if you want me to get naked, there's like a you know ten million dollar fee. Right. Like, uh, well, how much did Halle Berry make for Swordfish? Do you remember that? Oh, a lot. It was millions. And it was all it was one scene of her reading a book 
a person comes up and says hello she puts down the book you see her breasts for like i don't know maybe three seconds i mean it is not a lot of time and that costs the studio millions of dollars just for that yes i mean hey if you're worth it do it i mean i'm not i'm not saying you shouldn't make that money i'm just saying that's crazy (laughs) money for that but hey if if that's what you're worth, you got your price. Hey, you you rock it. You know, do whatever you need to do. That's cool. I wish I could do that. People would pay me not to do that. Yeah, I think the first thing I saw Mia Goth in was the cure for wellness, and she was naked in that. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure that's yeah. She'll be doing that for a while. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um. But no, I mean, uh, geez, I mean, again, it's all fun stuff. I would say just like the the weird wacky lore of this like fictional island yeah because there's a lot going on there i mean we only you only get a little bit of it you only get a little bit of it to right. understand what is happening and why this is a thing but like it sounds like there's a whole lot of weird stuff going on on that island i would i would love to know more but you only get that little bitty taste right and i i, I agree with that but especially in in all three of these worlds is i don't think Hardenberg even does this, his dad is it's a one and done type deal. He doesn't go back and revisit it. And there's so much ambiguity even in this that you kind of do want to know more. Like that the appetite is there to know more about this. Right. Right. Because like, okay, I, when he went into the chamber with the goo, I expected it to cover him completely. In my head, that's what would be done. Well, yeah, in my head, I was like, it's going to fill up the whole room. Like, how right. long are they going to hold it? Is he going to feel like he's drowning? I mean, because right. I mean, that would be my concern <laughs> at that time. And so I'm thinking that for him, like, is how long is he going to have to stay underwater? Does he have to not move? Like, does he just right. have to hope that they know how long he can hold his breath for? I mean, that's that's what I was thinking. But I'm also terrified of drowning. So, Well, me too. <laughs> we had the same yeah, thought. Probably. Um. I think it, it, you know, it's hard to. I have to separate now Mia Goth from from Pearl and anything else at this point now, and it's increasingly hard to do. I'm feeling. Well, here's here's how I do it. You ready? Yeah. Pearl never happened. Okay. Pearl never happened. I I never saw Pearl. I don't know what Pearl is. Pearl is. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I saw her in X, <laughs> and I saw her in this, and that's it. I didn't see anything else. There you go. That works. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, you're, you're right about the news. But like the the story, the lore is is great. Like you felt like you're going on this trip with Scarscar. You really and, did. And, and to be fair, Brandon Cronenberg uh, is just as kind to the men as he is to the women. Everybody is naked. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Everyone is naked. There's not like just women naked. No, they're everybody's naked. I mean, like I said, you get to see old man dong. I mean, you get, you get to see everybody doing everything. It's not like there's no one like it's not men or women uh, uh, of any, uh, you know. Right. And orientation like when they put, are going to be happy right. with something. When they put his hands like I was I told him, all right, here, Scars Guard's butt's coming up. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like I predicted it. Oh yeah, there's a whole lot of Skarsgård but I don't think we got Skarsgård dong though. That was probably too much money. They probably couldn't afford that. It was close. Oh, in it that was dog extremely fight. close. It was extremely <laughs> close. I'm not lying about that. They showed just what every other inch of them except for that. Right. 
but yeah, all the other dudes. <laughs> yeah, you get to see their dogs and everything. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, it's 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 fair. It's fair nudity. It's not it's, one sided. It's correct. It's like fair as in uh, Starship Troopers fair. Right. Shower scene. Yeah. Everybody was naked. Yeah. Everybody's naked. Nobody cares. If everybody's yeah. naked all the time, it's not a special thing. Right. Uh, I'll go into my low point, then I'll get into your low point. Mm-hmm. Here's my low point. For it being a psychological thriller, they brought up a point that I thought was a very good point, and they never said anything else about it. Is I know you weren't the, you aren't the double. Yeah. And in that type of world, and considering he's passed out for the initial one, that is a more of a that should have been more of a mind trip than what it was, because this is psychological. I felt like there should have been more emphasis on that potential. Well, I think I think he probably did, but I think he made the decision to just embrace the life that he has now and i think that's why he like went over the edge and was like okay with partying and orging and all that kind of shit is like he realized that like he could have easily just died and he didn't and so he needs to try to appreciate what's left and so i think it probably did scare him that that could have been him or he might have been the double i just think at this point he doesn't care he just wants to, to 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 enjoy what he's got, whether he's the double or not. It doesn't matter. He feels like him party. Now, I I read some theories of that he is in fact double because every time this happened, he would change, and that's why he stayed at the islands because he has no t- ties back to humanity that his old life because it's not him. Uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, I, again, we don't know the ins right. and outs and what if there's any psychological differences between the real people and the hosts. Obviously, that was not explained to us. Um, I mean, is it a maybe? Sure. Um, but I mean, he still knew his wife. You know what I right. mean? He, he still called her and said that he was on his way back home. Right. Um, I mean, stuff like I mean, so obviously he still had a plan at some point in time of going home. Right. I just think he basically I, I don't think it matters that he was a double or not. I mean, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I just think it, it doesn't matter as far as his mind goes. I think it mattered that he felt like a different person, like he was literally reborn, like he was born right. again, like they literally showed him being born right. again. And I think the, the thing in these rich assholes that lets them just turn it off and go back to the regular life, I don't think he has that. And so he could yeah. not see himself going back and just pretending like the world is normal. I don't think he could do that. And I think that's why he stayed. Because right. he didn't think it was fair to him or anybody else that he tried to go back and live a normal life when he's not that yeah. person anymore. So, yeah, he, I mean, he might be a double, but it might be a psychological thing more than a physical thing. Right. Like, well, he's I, a I, different I just, person. Right. I think, the, I think the movie should embrace the whole doubleness of it. Well, I mean, that's, that would be a different. That would be a think, different I movie. That, right, I, and that, say that's the low point. Is I like that idea, especially as we dis, as we've discussed sci-fi of you know we discussed it in Cronenberg with with uh, Rundlefly. 
is you were literally killed and then put back together. Is it you? You died, right? Teleportation is always going to be your dad and you're just a copy at this point. And I think that movie could have gone that way. I'd held, I'd seen Infinity Pool too, where they actually dive into it. Have you ever seen they the movie the, the Prestige? The Prestige? Yes. Yes. Like that's that movie, I think, goes into that idea a lot more than this movie does or right. that a sequel to this movie would do. I, but I like that, though. I like that sci-fi part of it. <laughs> well, I mean, there's sci-fi, period. I mean, yeah. obviously, this making a double of a person is fictional. It doesn't exist. Fiction. Right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, we could about probably for you, we could probably make a neat <laughs> clone of someone with enough practice yeah. and shit, but memories, that's a thing we don't have. Correct. And we probably won't for a long time. Yeah. What about what about low points for you? Is it probably all the just the ten minutes straight of nudity? Uh, uh, low points for me is Mia Goth scream. Man, God, is that annoying? <laughs> she was like screaming like Jamesy. It was so freaking annoying, and it was like a whole like five minute stretch where she was like just screaming over and over and over again. Like just yeah. shut up. I don't know. I think it's just that <laughs> her like normal like English accent scream. I don't like. That's fair. That's fair. Any any other low points? Uh, no, none that need okay. to be shared. No. All right. Um. So for you, oh, we'll start with you on this one uh, as well. How many needles on the scale of ten would you give this movie? Um, I will give it a 7.5 needles out of 10 out of 10. Yes. 7.5. So obviously then your favorite is for the week possessor. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to go seven. It, it's, I liked antiviral just a little bit more. Um, than this, but I need, I definitely need to rewatch this one as well. It, it's still definitely going to be a watch. I think again. Um, but I mean, so you, you're a big Cronenberg fan. So do you? En- are you enjoying the works of of Brandon? And do you want to obviously see more from him and see where he can go? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's uh, it's interesting what he does. Again, it's it seems to be. Uh, a body horror, but more in the ways of like, um, you know, the body looks normal, but is being changed or or messed with in some way internally. You know, like right. in the first one, antiviral is like obviously sickness inside of a person. Um, the second one is like literally a person taking over another person. And then the third one is like, uh, you know, a double of you that is like yeah. you in every way. Right. So again, body horror, but not in in the same ways as dad. His dad would be like, you know, a weird tumor ridden, you know, merged version <laughs> of of his double, you know, something like that, because that's that's what just what he kind of you know gravitates towards Yeah, um, to where his this one is like it feels like a cleaner body horror. That's more of like the mind than physicality. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. As as more stuff comes out, hopefully we 
hopefully he continues to make more movies, you know, and we are going to be revisiting more of his uh, dad's work at some point in time as well. Well, it seems like he's um, getting no, I, bigger I, names as he goes on. So I think he's getting more yeah. buzz as it goes on. So, yeah, hopefully. He keeps oh, going. yeah. I hope so, too. It just it, it's I like I like his style of it. Like I said, it's not gruesome, <laughs> but it's still body horror. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's like it's more of a cinematic body horror more than a freak you out gross type body horror. Yes. Yep. All right. So, um, so yeah, let's, uh, we'll just briefly touch point, you know, for next week, uh, we are going to start a two parter uh, of a franchise and it's going to be the scream franchise because, uh, March 10th scream six comes out, right? So we, in, in, in preparation for scream six, we are first part can do, well, I would call the trilo- the original trilogy of, of the Scream franchise. So we'll be discussing Scream 1, 2, and 3 next week. And then the week after that, we're going to go see Scream 6 and be discussing 4, 5, and 6. So, you know, watch out for those episodes. And, you know, we don't like to tell people there are spoilers ahead. Um, and make sure you go see Scream 6 before listening to this so we don't spoil anything because we, do, we don't do spoiler-free reviews or anything. We go into everything that goes into these movies. Um. Yeah, I'm excited. I I'm excited. No, you haven't seen what five and six. I haven't seen four, five, and six. Okay. Well, these would be all new for you. Well, the original trilogy I've seen. The second trilogy, well, four, I five, have, and six. Yeah, yeah, the second one I've not seen at all. Yeah. So no, I'm 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 definitely pumped. I'm excited. I don't think I've seen a scream in theaters since Scream Four. Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw Scream Two in the theater. Okay. I don't remember well, if I saw the first screen yeah. in theater. I, I don't know. I know I saw. I'm pretty sure I saw Scream Two because I think it, we went with a group of friends. Scream Three, I did not. So Scream Two, I think, was probably the last one I saw in the theater. Okay, that's fun. I'm excited. Uh, and I have to say though that this week's stuff pretty high range for us. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It was definitely higher quality good stuff <laughs> oh yeah yeah and, and overall we're, we're testing out the idea of a new slogan for the entire podcast as always that we watch bad movies so you don't have to this week was great <laughs> i think next two weeks are gonna be fantastic as well and we'll see how cocaine bear and she came from the woods they come on bod look like for us as well yeah yeah we'll see so all right let's do our outros call it uh, this is Salem saying, long live the new flesh. And this is Gregory saying, have you checked on the children? Good night. Good night. Good night.